Hey everyone, welcome to We Were Friends in High School, the podcast where I reunite with high school classmates from my graduating class of Wissigan High School in the suburbs of Philadelphia. I'm Brad Corbett, class of 2001. Want to thank Tom Scuderi for episode 203. It aired two weeks ago. If you haven't checked that out in the archives, please do it. It was a really fun conversation. Just hearing about Tom's life growing up in a just in a completely separate world than I knew of as far as the friends and the activities that he was doing. He was very open about how he felt about about drug use during that time and a lot of just open conversation about just being younger than his friends and how he thought that affected him. And I thought just a really fun story. And we got into some really personal conversation as we tend to do on the show from time to time with Tom talking about the loss of his brother and the close relationship that they had growing up. So that is episode 203 with Tom Scuderi. You can find it in the archives if you subscribe to the podcast. It is available everywhere. Also on YouTube, the video with Tom and I having our having our whiskey is at youtube.com slash redshirtplaya. You can find the podcast at facebook.com slash WWFNHS. And of course, at We Weren't Friends in High School on Instagram. My guest this week is Jessica Ignon. And I hope I'm saying that right. You may know her as Jessica Davis. I mentioned in the previous episode that I've already done a conversation with Jess That conversation came after this interview, and if you want to check that out, that is an incredible conversation at youtube.com slash redshirtplayer, and that is a conversation that came from this. This was done before the murder of George Floyd and the current climate of protesting and demanding for change. At the time, I was really curious to ask Jess about her job as a deputy sheriff and I didn't even really know about what was all involved with her job, where she was, what she was actually doing. And in this interview, we really got much more into her path to law enforcement. And I was curious to ask Jess about her job, but I didn't really know how she felt. And I'm still trying to figure out how much people want to talk about their current job and expose. And especially when they're in the public eye like Jess is. But Jess was specifically hoping to talk about this and we get into her job near the end of the podcast. But it was this brief conversation that made Jess want to have the larger conversation about her job, policing and the nation as a whole. And so, again, after this interview, if you haven't checked that out and you want to go deeper into what Jess is dealing with and really how both of us are processing the information that is coming at us at a rapid time, it's a great conversation. And again, you can find that at YouTube.com slash red shirt player. But I'm also happy that we get to hear about the rest of Jess's life here and her family and some of her successes growing up. It's a really fun story. So let's get into it. Here is Jessica Ignault. I'm jealous you got the California sun. It's probably nice out there, huh? Yeah, about like uh it's probably gonna be 70 today. I mean where I'm at the weather it's hotter uh, than the Bay. I'm like, I'm in the Bay Area, but I'm more inland. So okay. like if I go to, I mean, Oakland's probably like 40, 40 minutes away, but it's the weather is like cooler because by the water. We're not as close to the water. So we have hotter summers. Yeah. And yeah. It always cools off at night. So I've been to, uh, I've only been to like San Fran, but I've never been really beyond that. Yeah. More north than that, I guess. Yeah, it's. I mean, the San Francisco is probably it's it's barely rarely because of the 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 breeze. I mean, unless we get like yeah. one or two hot days 
for them it's like 60 70 but yeah, yeah it's real it's always nice there Foggy, yeah. <laughs> so how you been no complaints just keep it busy i mean yeah it's, it's been hectic for work and everything but other than that i just enjoy my weekends off i've been working crazy just because we got a lot going on yeah uh i'm Glad that you even had time. I, when I asked you, I didn't even think, I didn't even know if you'd have time. I thought you'd be like, dude, it's too crazy right now. I don't even have. Well, you know, I'm fortunate in the position that I'm in at work because I work um, at the academy. So mm. I'm not on patrol anymore. And I only have oh, to okay. work to jail, like maybe, like I got to go work to jail tomorrow for mandatory, but it's like a couple times a month. So it's it's nice because it's not as hectic. And my academy, the academy, it's, it's kind of fun time. You get to work out, you know, yell at some recruits and then, you know, you mold them into graduation day. So we have a class that just started two weeks ago and then one that's going to graduate in a month. So it's two different spectrums. But in a dream world, you know, I would have done this interview coming out to California at some point or like, yeah. Or like I was supposed to come out there in a month. My nephew was supposed to graduate. Uh, he was supposed to graduate May 30th. Um, Cause like my mom and my sister and uh, one of my brothers are still back there, but I don't know. I mean, I want to come out in the summer. I haven't been there since Thanksgiving 18, but. Oh, wow. I mean, it depends. So um, yeah. my, I'm just looking at dates and hopefully everything comes down. I can maybe get out while the kids are out for summer, but we'll see. That's the other thing. Like if I see people are coming to town, I would try and keep an eye out for people. So I definitely would have done that. But you know, here we are in today's age. So yeah. when, when I was like, okay, I have to start like doing life now. I have to like start figuring out what to do in these walls. I've been here by myself for like five weeks now. So yeah, I know you're going crazy. <laughs> There's so, a lot of people going crazy. <laughs> I'm binge watching like my fourth classic TV show right now. I'm in the middle of Sopranos. So <laughs> I, I mean, really, I, I don't get the luxury. Like, my my husband's retired uh, law enforcement, so he's going crazy. But at the same time, I've tried to get the kids on a schedule, so at least helps him. But it's always so much <laughs> that we can do because we moved just a month ago before all this started. So really? it's a benefit, but then it's like there's pieces of my house I want to get together. So, I mean, the benefit is that we have a nice backyard so the kids can kind of just come out here and just right. scramble around. But I mean, I'm glad we moved before this started because then we don't know how that would have affected later. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, for me, like trying to keep busy and stuff, I decided to just start doing the podcast now. And since I can't see anyone face to face anyway, yeah. I might as well reach out to people that were going to be the hardest to go see. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I figure since you're out in California, let's go, you know? Yeah, might as and, well. Uh, <laughs> and I was happy. You were like, yeah, all on, all in. So thanks. Because for- I've been following through with like them and I was like, I missed the last couple, but I just think it's hilarious. Like I was listening to... Some of the the ones like uh like Eric and Aaliyah and I'm like oh I'm just taking back memories like it's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, where did you start at Wissahickon? When did you come? I, in? I went. I came. I was there since kindergarten. The issue, well, not issue, but we um we were in Ambler. We moved like in second grade. So I was at Shady Grove kindergarten first and second, oh. and then starting in third grade. Like I we moved the middle of second, but I stayed at Shady Grove. And they they bust us back and forth, but um. I was in Bluebell, fourth, fifth, and well, fourth and fifth, third, fourth, and fifth. Excuse me. Oh. Well, I was wow. there. It was just the transition. Like I, my whole roots are Ambler, Penland, like coming up. Yeah, were you were you in Penland most of the time? Is that where you grew yeah. up? Yeah, yeah. So like, it's it's crazy because my mom, my mom, my mom, and my dad are both was taking grads from seventy two. So like, it's like a. Well, I have my my, my uncle that graduated seventy one, and my mom and dad seventy two, and. 
my the house that like my girl Kristen Thompson, we grew up together. Apparently, yeah. like her house that she stayed in is the same house my mom and then went like all my sibling, my mom's siblings, same house that they grew up in. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, like my dad, um, that we lived the house actually, the house I was in in Ambler, my dad uh, grew up right next door. So like my cousin still to this day, she like bought, we bought the house, refurbished and everything like that. So like it's where in Ambler, pretty cool. Right on uh, West Maple, like right across from Lee. Yeah. Like, yeah. like right next to the basketball park. So wow, like yes. 340, 340 and 342 West Maple. So right there, just wow. right by the corner. So like that's, so I mean, that's essentially all my childhood really is Penland, but I have like small memories of Ambler, obviously, like, you know, early, early elementary. That's funny. So I'm, I'm the interview that comes out tomorrow is Sean Mackeman. Oh, okay. And I'm literally in the process of editing his, his interview. Now I just finished and we're talking about Penn Lynn and he's saying, you know, he, he moved there and I'm saying, I don't think I've really talked to anyone from Penn Lynn too much mm-hmm. uh, that lived there for a long period of time. So what was, what was Penn Lynn like? I mean, it's, 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 it was a neighborhood that was just very family oriented. I mean, for the most part you had, it's funny how you have like certain families that are still there. You had like the core families of the Lowe's. Let me see. You had the Lowe's. You had the Moors. Um, the Lowe's pretty much took up the whole. I'm trying to think there's a couple. I think Johnson. There's a few more, but like yeah. you had the older families, and like there's a lot of them that are still there. I mean, I go back, um, like when I took my husband back and just showed him like the stopping grounds. Like um, there's a family like the Moors. Their mother used to live, like there was an older lady who was the mother to the family that used to watch us when my mom was out of town. Okay. And like she lived right next door to us. I think they're still alive. I mean, they might be in their 90s now, but they used to watch us. My mom was out of town. My mom watched their kids when she was coming up. But, uh, you know, the Waples used to be on the corner. And then you have like Nikki Burrell and Ashley Harrison. They used to live like sure. street over um, Malik Harris, Justin Newman, like a lot of these people. Um, I don't know if you remember Dinesha Joel, the Joels, that's right. Yeah, I remember Dinesha. Dinesha, yeah. and then uh, obviously the Stouts, Earl, right, you know, right. Mr. Dick, the Stout, Earl, Tiffany, Billy, uh, Heather, all them. I mean, it's, it's cool. It's, uh, I'm trying to think. He had Pumpkin Taylor. Like, he went from Amber. Oh. His family moved to Penland. There's a lot. I mean... It was, it was very fair. Everybody knew each other, so you couldn't get in trouble. Like, you know what I mean? Some of the Ambler neighbor, like everybody, you, you had people that knew each other, but it was like, Penland, there was like, oh, I know you, you're Kim's daughter. Mm. So it was like, <laughs> I'm watching you. Like, you, everybody knew each other, but like, we would yeah. all congregate the school field, you know, in the summer and after school, go down there, play basketball. Uh, the park that was there, they, 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 they built it up a lot, you know what I mean? Like, they added the yeah. tennis court stuff right before I left, but... Right after I graduated, my mom like left out of there. She moved to North Wales, and then now she's in Norristown. So like, she didn't stay, but the whole route itself, like you go, it's still the same. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who were your your friends growing up in Penlin? So mainly, I mean, yeah, Nikki Burrell. Um, obviously, Ashley Harrison. We're we're like we're cousins, so okay. you know, grew up with her. Kristen Thompson. We used to kick it a lot. Um, her family, like her parents, just like her hang out with me. <laughs> uh, Shalyn Wiggins. She, okay. um, obviously the Stout family, you know what I mean? Um, the low, you know, Margaret Lowe and all them, you know, they, they everyone was Yeah, I do remember her now. Yeah, yeah, Margaret yeah. Lowe, and then she had her brother, sister, Sheila, and, um, Kenny, but they were obviously younger than us. Okay. Um, and then, I mean, Nikki Burrell had her, her brother, she had the three brothers, three or four brothers. And then, uh, the Holmes family, you know, you had John Holmes and his brother, Juan and Johan. Right. And then, um, Juan, of course, yeah. Juan, yeah. So, like, I mean, all... It was all, everyone, you know, for the most part, though, like, I hung out a lot with, like, Chalene, Nikki, Rand, Randy. I forgot about Randy. 
um, Randy Epps. But like they used to live on the corner, like you know. Um, but Kristen Thompson, you know, I mean, and then obviously for the core of my, my entire title was field sports. So obviously playing ball with like Ashley Harrison and all them, you know, we we used to come up together through that. So mainly like the outlet, you just go to the playground. I mean, go to the school field and you just play ball with everybody. Ice, you know, go to the park, hang out. I'm trying to think. Ryan Satchel, I don't know if you remember him. He was a year under us. Sounds really, um, the name sounds familiar, but I might be thinking of Satchel Page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there was a few like, uh, and oh, yeah, I can't forget Joe, Joe, Joe Johnson. Remember Joe Johnson? Yes. Yeah, yeah great baseball Timmy, player. His cousin, his, his cousin Timmy. So like they used to, they lived just parallel to, to my street. You know what I mean? So it's like all just close knit. You know what I mean? We'd all just be hanging out. Um, Shannon Monroe lived at the corner. Larry Dyson. I forget about Larry. Shannon Monroe, Larry Dyson. Yeah. So La- yeah. Larry was like, when he came into the neighborhood, I was already living there, but you know, we, we hung out a lot, you know, and he had his little sister, Leslie. So, okay. you know, we, you know, just come out, just, you could run up and down the street, just the same as in certain portions of Ambler. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. Yeah. Street. Our street was a dead end. So like, I mean, you could kick it. People coming down there obviously live there. You know what I mean? So, but did you have, uh, your brothers or sisters? Yeah, so I was a baby, uh, but I, I got a uh, my my um my sister. So my sister graduated high school. She graduated in '97. Um, so we were eighth grade before we moved in, uh, moved up. Excuse me, to high school. But then my my oldest brother graduated from Wissick in '91, and then my brother Eric, most know Eric, cause uh, you know I mean he was a state champion track and stuff like that. But Eric, uh, and then he had his music group that he used to do uh, the performances in the high schools, everybody, everything like that. He still does music now. Really. But um. Eric, what year was, uh, was he? He 95. So like okay. we were in sixth grade and then my sister graduated 97. Um, and then my, my half brother, Jody, he went to North Penn. So, but he was in the, na- he was known in the neighborhood. Um, but he's part of the Johnsons. Like his mom is a Johnson. His grandma, his aunt used to run, uh, still does, I think a daycare. Hmm. Um, my nephew actually went there for the, my kids came out one summer. They said my mom, they went there. Peggy, I don't know if you know Miss Peggy. The name, she's a, the name, it might, if you don't really have, you don't have kids, you really mm. don't, but everybody that has kids in the area, somebody's kids went to Miss Peggy. Yeah, Miss Peggy. But uh, that's, that's my, my half-brother Jody's mom, or excuse me, his aunt, I apologize, but uh, for the core of us, yeah, like we, it was, I was the baby, so like coming up in high school, the last four years, just me and my mom, because my, my sister went to school down in Florida, mm. and then uh, my brother was in Jersey in college, so. Okay. But yeah, everybody, I was the, you know, I mean, I was known, but like, <laughs> It was just, I was the baby. So, like, my clique of friends wasn't really the same as, like, my siblings. Unless it was their older. Like, Dinesha's older sister and my sister are good friends to this okay. day. Shamika. And then, obviously, the Stout family, it was, like, a second family for us, you know, growing up. My, my mom knew Earl and M's family when they were growing up. So, you know, all that. It's, it's funny how everything comes back around. Like, if you grew up in that neighborhood, like, everything just circles back around like that. Yeah. Did you – so, when you went to um, – when you moved to Bluebell – um, did everyone from Penland go to Bluebell? Yeah. Okay. So like, I moved middle of the se- like middle of second grade. So like they let me finish a second grade year at Shady Grove. Um, like, and it was just like, you bust back and forth, but everyone, unless for some other reason, you know what I mean? <laughs> everyone went to Bluebell. So okay. we were all Bluebell kids. I don't know if you remember this, but when, when, for you, Bluebell, when I was in Bluebell, I think it was like third or fourth grade, we had pimp house. And me and you ended up being pen pals, but you was at Shady Grove. What? And I laugh about it. We had brought it up to each other, like we got to like, like I think late middle school or early high school. But it's hell, it's funny because <laughs> you were my pen pal. Like I remember, like we had to do it like fourth grade, and I remember, I remember like your name. 
was like A Bradford Corbett. I remember thinking like, why? What's the A for? Like whatever. But <laughs> you gotta be kidding me! Yeah, I think it was like fourth grade. Like they did something where they're like, oh, you're another pen pal, and there's somebody like another one of the other schools. You know, so like that was. I I laughed about that. We got you know when we start getting cool, like fucking like about the older grades. Like I was like, you don't remember me and my pen pal? <laughs> did I remember this? We talked about it, but it was something. I mean, it's it's something that you know. I mean, it's elementary school. You're not really gonna remember mo- like super much. I remember, I feel like I remember so much about fourth grade. Fourth grade, I feel like, is, like, the year I started, I really started, like, coming into my own uh, as, like, a person, as, like, a personality and, and the things yeah. that I like. And a lot of that had to do with my fourth grade class. We've talked, a lot of people have talked already on the podcast about Mrs. Roebuck, who we had in fourth grade. That's that's who, uh, we, it was just, like, a lot of music, and she was black, and so just culturally, mm-hmm. you know, music and comedy and just the way that she would treat you and talk to you. Chris Warren had her, mm-hmm. um, Kim Devaney. Um, and so that's where, wow, that's crazy. Who did you have in fourth grade? That's, I'm trying to remember. I can't remember her name. She was she was a good teacher because, like, she actually gave me my, like, did, like, this whole thing where I got props because I started running when I was, like, seven, eight years old. Mm. I can't remember her name, but just from the track portions that year in fourth grade, I had went to, was it fourth or fifth? It was fourth. I had went to one of the cross-country national AAU. And um, wow. ended up getting within like I ended up finishing like the top twenty something with where I got a medal and she had like took yeah it was fourth grade because I hated that picture and I hated my hairstyle but she took that picture like put it like all around the school and like gave me props I just, unfortunately I cannot remember I for some reason can't remember third fourth or fifth grade teacher name no see I remember I, I think like I remember all mine and that's bad but at the same time like that that that's, that's the fourth grade teacher she was she was I really liked her I just can't. I can't remember. I only remember kindergarten. I only remember my kindergarten teacher's name. <laughs> what were you? Uh, what were you into as a kid before you got to like middle school, high school? Just growing up, what were what kind of stuff were you into doing? So we we were always a sports family. I mean, so like my dad played ball. It was taken, you know, and and he was, you know, uh, he just played basketball. My mom, as a youngster, ran track. But my, my grandfather wasn't one to believe that, you know, women should get muscles. So she couldn't she couldn't continue it. But we started at wow. seven, starting at seven years old. I mean, I played soccer really young one year, one or two years. And, and then I uh, did T-ball one year, but started like young was basketball track. Like I, I started uh, going across country seven, almost eight and then continued into that. So and then my brother ran, you know what I mean? So like middle, like elementary school, definitely from like third grade on up was just basketball and track. Um, then, and then I did like the WRA obviously. And that's uh, initially where I first met Ann Patterson. Her dad was our coach, you know what okay. I mean? So me and her got close from that point on. We were obviously at different schools, but we, you know, came up together for like her, me and Kristen Thompson, like just play basketball. Like obviously you go out and you do your certain things, but even in the summer, like I go kick it and hang out with friends during the day, you go outside and play. Five o'clock, my butt had better been home because my mom was coming from work, taking me to the high school for track practice. So, like, but I didn't feel like it was like a, a job. You know how some people feel like, oh, I hated it. I, you know, I mean, I loved it to just go out there and run and just interact. And, I'm, you know, you there's so many, a lot of friendships I have from people from different school districts was due to the, the sports, with, especially with track with Amber Olympic Club, AOC. Mm-hmm. But a lot of, yeah, I mean, I, I still feel like I had a good childhood. I was out there playing and doing whatever, like, but. It was it was track and basketball, which was cool. I like I said, I enjoyed it, and then I wanted to be a lot like my brother. You know, what I mean, my brother was well known. He was a star athlete in high school, and you know, he juggled the school plays and stuff. So just looking up to him, so I was mm-hmm. like track, 
track all the way in basketball. So, did what? Did your brother uh, go to college for sports or anything? Yeah. So Eric, he went to uh, Seton Hall. Oh wow! So he graduated with Zig in '95. And then he went on to Seton Hall and graduated from there, 2000. So he graduated. So it was it was, it was cool because like for him, for him he started his interest. He always had this interest in music and stuff. I mean, he had I don't know if you remember Sean Lowe. Um, he was a, he was a one of the I mean the top running back for taken in the early 90s. Okay. Uh, but him and Eric grew up together since like second grade. So him, so Sean Lowe, my brother Eric. Um, I don't know if you remember Tali Call. He's from Ambler. These were like way before, I and mean, you might not remember because when you came into to the Ambler and like yeah, you were not knowing a lot of yeah, I moved in in '88, and I probably never came out of my block until '94. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so my brother Sean Lowe, Tali Cole, and Thorne Griffin had this group called Two and Posse, and they started it when they were like uh, young. You know what I mean? I don't know if it was like late elementary or definitely middle school, and they would perform at the middle school, like, concerts, and then they would perform, like, around, like, uh, one one of the guy's moms would help book some shows. So, like, he, you know, did that, and then he did did a lot of stuff coming up as a, in high school, and he did, like, school plays, and, um, but in the end, he started really getting into the, obviously, artsy stuff, and so when he got to college, yeah, he ran all four years, but he really started Mm. to bloom with his graphics and stuff, so, you know, he did, he he did the track for the four years, it got Biggie's championship, and and now, I mean, now he's off in New York doing like TV show graphics and stuff like that. But, but he was able to, you know, I mean, he, he enjoyed it. He got he got a scholarship and did all that. But he branched off and stuff well, now. So I asked that because um, did you? I, I'm just wondering when you were running and you had a, such a passion for it, and you acknowledge it was kind of in the family. At any point, like when you're this young, and obviously you, you went on to to run in college. But at any point, did you think that that was like? an attainable, did you think that that was something, did you understand that your brother was doing that, like with having like an athletic career in a sense? Well, I mean, when I was little, it didn't click. Me, I was just a little happy-go-lucky just running, you know what I mean? Like, no care in the world. But as a, like Eric graduated when I was in a, we were in sixth grade. I remember he graduated when we were sixth grade. So at that point in time, things started to click a little bit. Like this is something that, whether it be basketball or track, because honestly, most people, if you didn't, most people don't really know that basketball was my first love. Mm. I enjoyed running, but I really wanted to really push basketball. But I ended up running in college because of how the, the cards fell out and, and things panned out better. But, sure. uh, but yeah, so it was like I knew that, okay, if I work hard and continue to push myself, that this could be an option for me. You know what I mean? Like you watching the Olympians and, you know, going to pen relays, which is crazy. There's no pen relays this year. <laughs> It's wow. supposed to be this weekend coming up. Like, there's no pen. This first one in like over 120 some years. There's no pens, but just being in that atmosphere and being telling my, you know, you're seeing the hard work that other people that, because I knew a lot of the runners that my brother ran against, and mm. so it was just, you know, what I mean, like knowing, seeing that for him and being able to go to his college meets and and see all that, like that's was like I was like I can I can achieve this. When you went to middle school, for you, like, you know, now we're separated by pods. Uh, for you, just, you got your friends from Penn Lynn, but were you able to still, were you still around them in middle school? Did you have to start making new friends? I kind of always look at middle school as like the time when things kind of change and people really start to click up a bit. Did, did anything for you socially um, change? Not really. I mean, you, you get to, I mean, I knew, I think just being, you know, you're having the, the group of people from Pamland and you'd see some people that you know from Ambler. Um, because, I mean, every I was known, like, 
because my dad still lived in Ambler. So everyone knew me like, oh, that's Chucky's mm-hmm. daughter. You know what I mean? My dad was well known in Ambler. <laughs> still is. You know what I mean? My dad, that's the stomping grounds. So it was like, for me, they're like, oh, that's, that's Chucky's kids or that's so-and-so's sister. So coming up, like I didn't have a, the click, but I knew, you know, I mean, I knew I had my, my, you know, my people from the neighborhood. And then obviously my, co- I got back together with my cousin, Antoinette Wise, mm. you know, and, and then, um, you know, you, you get to know other people like, you know, like, bro, that's where, well, me and Brandon Deese actually ended up meeting track wise. And you know, we were like boyfriend and girlfriend ish and like fifth grade in the sixth grade. So like, you know, you, you, even though he was a Chady Groves, you meet him, you know, and then you start meeting, you know, other people. So it's like, I, what I, I remember is trying to be friends with everyone. You know what I mean? Like try, I never, you know, you all want to at some point fit in and be a part of a group, you know, but at the same time, you don't want to be that one that no one wants to be around. Like, <laughs> you know, so it's like, you know, you'd be competitive with everybody and get back. Tell me about it. To, never wanted to be that person where it was like, you, someone wanted to fight or, you know, whatever. So you've got to just please everybody. And I ended up, I ended up making a lot of different friends. You think about looking back at a lot of people, you look at your Facebook stuff. It was like, well, I was actually, you felt like I was cool with a lot of people, which was, yeah. you know, like I say, at that point in middle school, it's, it's really like, that's the time frame where you don't want to be an outcast or, you know, I mean, you want to make sure you're you're in the know and know what's going on and be around the right people. Yeah. Um, so as you're, I guess, going through middle school and you're still doing sports, you're still doing basketball and track. Are you finding that you're like excelling? Um, I mean, somewhat. I mean, if, at the times like middle school, we you obviously sixth grade, there was no sports. You know what I mean? But I still had my. I wasn't doing AAU basketball at the time. It was just track. So uh, my timing was in that scope of things was just uh, the the summer track. But once seventh and eighth grade hit, I, didn't, I mean, I wouldn't look at it as an excelling. You know what I mean? I just, in middle school, um, I started playing AAU ball in eighth grade. And my mom was not a fan initially of AAU because she thought it was just kind of similar to WRA. Like, and she's like, I'm not going to pay all this money for it to just kind of be like this until uh, Mr. Patterson, Ann's dad, kind of convinced her, like, no, it's, it's a little different. So she let me, uh, she let me try out. Just mm. the overall, it was just like you know you get I get done track practice and I head on to basketball practice. It was you know track practice at the school and then I'd go to basketball. It didn't middle school. It didn't really click like excelling purposes. I was just like you know what I'm out here playing. Like yeah, you're you know you're one of the the star people, but I never felt like I was like whoa, it's like I'm better than this or that. It didn't. I don't think it really clicked like my abilities like were excelling until like maybe freshman year because I actually moved up to varsity freshman year Okay. for basketball. But like in middle school, it was just fun. You know what I mean? You just, I can still consider it fun. And for me, like <laughs> I didn't get contacts until eighth grade. So like I had to put on that exterior of like not being made fun of. Cause I was skinny. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I had the glasses and it. Did you, you wear know, glasses? You oh yeah. I had glasses since like second, third grade. And, like, I used to hate when the glasses would break and you had them, take, you know, the weird shape frame ones. And then, so, like, I, I had that exterior chill where it was, like, people would, you know, try to make fun of me, but I had to put on that, you know, the stuff was, I was like, man, whatever. So that actually helped, too, because then people, like, not mess with you. But I was like, you know, or yeah. you'd have a quick comeback because it was like, I'm not going to get punked. I know I'm skinny. Like, whatever, nothing new. Okay, I wear glasses, you know, so what? You know what I mean? Like, did, you do, uh, did you do drama, musicals? In middle school? I was in chorus. Uh, never did any plays. I did band. I played the drums, I think, up in middle school, but I, I didn't continue it because I didn't have an opportunity with my schedule. 
Mm. So like I wasn't able to do that with uh, all that I had on my plate. So like yeah. I made it, I, I enjoyed play. I played the drums. I enjoyed it. Like I did some of the. I think I remember going to the Phillies game uh, for like the national anthem and then like the Ambler Parade, Christmas the Holiday Parade. But I couldn't. I couldn't unfortunately continue it because mm. I had to make a decision. I, I had obviously wasn't as interested in doing that than the sporting event. So so. I feel like I had like memories of you like dancing in musicals, oh, but not in musicals. But you might remember. I don't know if we were in the same pod, but there was like uh, the music class. We had to do a. I remember eighth grade. It was like me, Danita Brown, and someone else had to do some music, some music thing. Like uh, we danced to Prince. Uh, it was like a talent show type of thing. It was like a winter performance. No, it was I don't it was like part of the music thing. Like we did we did Kiss by Prince, but I don't remember it being like a talent show. Oh, was it music class? Yeah, it was like music class. So that was one thing. We we made a little video to like we had like stayed after school and we taped the whole dance thing. And then there was something else we did. It was a group of us, I don't remember who, but we did Tell Me by Drew Hill. And it was like in oh. front of the whole auditorium. <laughs> like not the whole auditorium, but it was just our class. I don't know how many were in that class. Because I had I had we did tell me and we were all hyped and and then I think I remember Rafi Sanchez, George Cortez and someone else did California Love, but like a couple of them was being all shy. And I was like, I remember sitting there like, come on, I know the lyrics, like why y'all being shy? But like everybody had their you know, their fear of like getting up in public whether it be public speaking or performing, but uh yeah. I didn't do any plays, but those are the two things in music class where like we actually like dance in front of someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, yeah, I didn't. I didn't have the time to do the plate. Like, I don't think like that portion. Like, I don't know. It wasn't like I. I enjoyed the musicals. My brother did the musicals all through high school, but right. I just was never one to be. Because I never presented itself as an option for me. Like, I don't want to do that. You know. Well, it's it's probably really tough too. Track is a spring sport, and uh, musicals kick in in the spring. And yeah. I know, I know, there was always a constant battle between music and uh, the chorus and the drama directors with uh, winter football, fall, and spring sports uh, taking the guys and a lot of the a lot of the girls yeah, away. My, from my brother rehearsals. had that battle for years. Uh, I mean, he did. Three out of the four years mm. for um, musicals. I mean, they did. It was a, uh, and his biggest. He they did actually did the article on him because he was in the he was a scarecrow in the Wiz. The Wiz when they did the Wiz and the battle like his track coach that it used to have with them, and then he was Bernardo and West Side Story in '95 his senior year, and you know it it was a lot. It was that. I mean, that was a battle. His track coach is oh gosh, indoor season they battled. So yeah, definitely. And and that might be part of the reason why watching him have those battles and the frustrations and because he wanted to do those things and he wanted to run and the coaching staff was just not always on board with it. The musical staff, I mean, the, the drama staff was. So yeah. well, I think that might that might subconsciously be a reason why I, I, I didn't really think of those options because I, I watched him and knowing he had the passion for those things and the struggle he had and maybe thinking like, I don't want to have that struggle. Let me just focus on one thing. So you'll have to let your brother know, or maybe he'll he'll listen to this and find out. But West Side Story, that performance of West Side Story was like is something that to this day I remember, um, like in my head. My mom took me to see that. That's the mm -hmm. first time I ever saw West Side Story, oh, wow. and I fell in love with it. I remember seeing it in. I think we got to go as sixth graders. Yeah, because uh, that was his senior year, so it would have been a sixth grade for us. So we got to go early. And mm -hmm. see like the dress rehearsal during the day. 
Yeah. And I think we got to maybe just see the second act or something or something like that. But then I asked my mom to take me and we went and I did musicals all, I acted like as a kid, like 10, 11, 12. And when I got to middle school, I did, I was like in all the musicals there. And then I, I went and did the musicals in high school and through all, all the way through high school, I thought I was going to be going to college for theater. Mm-hmm. And it all pretty much stemmed from seeing what that that performance of West Side Story um, because I thought it was so damn good, and yeah, that's what did, I wanted uh, to do. The the director at that time, I don't know if you remember, Miss Rubenstein. Yeah, Mrs. Rector, yeah, Mrs. Rubenstein. So, yeah. So she she I mean, with that, just if you go back, you know, West Side Story was great, but you go back a year before The Wiz, the way they they'd only had those plays, and they would be three nights. Uh, when they would do their musicals and right. the whiz was so good that I remember they asked for it to come back in regards to uh, like another additional couple of days, but they would, you know, they only have stuff set for a certain time in regards to like, uh, you know, just outfit, you know, the, the, mm. the what do you call the outfits, the, the attire they wear Costume. and all that. So uh, everything all together, like they were like, man, we couldn't, was, but they had made so much money and, you know, they, those, and so that, I think that's what helped with the, the West Side Story because they, they, she did, so I just remember she did such a great job with, with all those productions for that block of time that she was there. They were so good, so well done. Even yeah, yeah. freshman year, uh, what was it they did? Godspell. Uh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that one from freshman year. That was my peak. So I did Godspell and I was so happy with that show. Tuesday, Godspell is one of my favorite shows. Um, and I, I love being in that. I never felt like um, we reached that those heights again i was literally just talked so jp was uh jp was just interviewed jp on monday uh jp meyer Meyer. yeah (laughs) yeah and he he does theater and um we were talking about the musicals and all that and i I was talking about how i felt like godspell was kind of the top and then when we went and did we did like my fair lady um and mame and yeah i remember mame you're a good man charlie brown yeah and these were things I could not sink my teeth into. To be honest, Brandon Deese getting in around that time is like what kind of saved me during mm-hmm. those during those times because like I just did not feel like I was vibing with with these selections uh, the way yeah, that he left and he came back. Brandon, yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, um, Brandon was actually in that fourth grade class. That's when uh, that's when I met Brandon uh, in that fourth grade class that we were pen pals uh, with <laughs> Mrs. Roebuck, and he was yeah. big part. You know, Michael Jackson and. Um, oh, because he used to do the performances. I remember seeing the news articles, and he would, uh, yeah, he would do all those performances at the school. Yeah, yeah, the talent show at Shady Grove, and man, he would bring in like uh, vinyl records, all the Michael Jackson vinyl records, and he would sell. He would offer to dub records for you mm-hmm. for, of like all the Michael Jackson albums <laughs> for like a buck. And like, mom, I have to have mom, dad, can I have a dollar? BG's gonna, BG's gonna <laughs> give me a. <laughs> and give, fourth grade hustle. Tape. Yeah. Fourth grade hustle. <laughs> and I remember like, oh, is it is it ready yet? Is it ready yet? Did you have it yet? I gave you the dollar. Is it ready yet? And oh, I lived off of those tapes forever. Yeah. He um because you I don't know if you were you a part of our senior class show? No. Brandon, Brandon did a we we did that whole skit. I mean I remember we did our whole I was skit. <laughs> I was supposed to be in that. That's actually when Ray died and I kind of blacked out that entire time. But when it first started, it was like a timeline through history, right? Yeah, we did a, we started off in the sixties and then we moved obviously up to the current, but yeah, that was fun. I'm still trying to, I still want to see a video from that. Brandon said he had one Mm -hmm. and it's always cause like he lives down in LA. So like, you know, we, we communicate 
Um, he came up here last time I saw him, like saw him, saw him. He came up for uh, my academy graduation. He came up for the oh, party wow. I had. But uh, he, uh, I mean, we talk all the time, actually. Um, you know, obviously through social media and stuff. But yeah, I was trying. I told him like I want to see a video from that. <laughs> you know, you think about stuff you did, and I, that would be hilarious. We spent so much time. Who was it? Uh, because it was uh, me, Antoinette. I can't remember who the third female was. And then uh, Scott Beck was mm-hmm. one of our dancers, and I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying Philly. to who. Ooh, there was one more uh, person. I'm trying to remember. I mean, there was a few more, but I'm trying to remember the other two. But either way, I feel like it was, it was a, like was Hank involved in that? I feel like that would have been something Hank would have been doing. He was a, those, yeah. Well, I think he helped, but, he but obviously he was a junior. Yeah. Uh, I think Crystal Carmody might have been the other female. Sounds right. Um, would Bianca have been in that? Maybe I. You know I. I can't. This remember. is horrible, Jess. I'm literally just naming black people. <laughs> Well, Scott, Scott was a... Scott he was, was Asian. Yeah, and then there was one more. I just can't think who it was. But I still laugh because Scott, you know, initially he's like, oh. well, I didn't know. Actually, I, to be real, I didn't know Scott, Scott was a breakdancer, right? Yeah, you, and I didn't they know. Used to break like, dance. Okay. Yeah, they used to do the breakdance clubs in the hallways after school and, like, do the whole... Yes. And so initially, like, I'm not saying, like, oh, you can't be here. I just know he could dance. And then he got... I was like, okay, I'll give you props, Scott. All right. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but um, uh, the, the plays that she did a good job with, it, with those those musicals. Uh, I mean, it's pr- preparation and stuff and everything. Like, there's a lot of good memories even to this day from like oh yeah childhood. Because my brother's freshman year, they did um Bye Bye Birdie, and, yeah. and that one sticks out to me too. Obviously, yeah, I remember. A, I remember that was Death of a Salesman was another one. Uh, his, sophomore, his sophomore year, they did South Pacific, but he didn't do it because of all the backlash from a. Uh, from you know doing sports and, and and combining with the musicals, it was you know his sophomore year was the toughest year, battling back and forth with the coaching staff and and him doing the plays. So. Okay. But, um, for you then going from middle school, so middle school you were kind of you wanted to be just drama free. Um, sounds like you're kind of like establishing friends. Uh, sports are you sound kind of even with everyone else and, you know, just figuring it out when you get to high school, then, um, same group of friends. Yeah. I mean, um, once I got the, I guess once I got to high school, I started hanging more out with I have some, I, I don't know. I feel like to like the Italians. I was hanging out with like Stefania and Maria. Uh, yeah. Maria Gigliotti. The uh, Danielle Tumalo, like a lot of them girls in the mix. Uh, but, um, Overall, like sport wise, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I always try to, you know, it was instilled in me, like to humble myself. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, you start to branch off because myself and, and uh, Ashley Kreider were the three that moved up freshman year to, to JV Varsity. And so, like, you don't want to, you know, I, I still, I still, even with track, like, you know, I mean, yeah, you were faster than people, but I always try to, like, still give props and respect to those people. So, like, I, I never wanted to make myself out to be like, oh, I'm better than this person or whatever. You know, I tried to, you know, keep everybody even keel, even though like, hey, I, I'm playing varsity as a freshman. But I tried to keep the same, like, I, you know, keep that, that world separate. You know, you still want to hang out with people, still have fun. I didn't, you know, I didn't go out all the time because my time was, my time at home would be consumed with, you know, sports or just chilling. You know what I mean? I'm, so. Well, I was just going to ask to go from, to go from, middle school where you you weren't very braggadocious about your skill set um 
and you even said that basketball is your true love, but I guess track is, is what you excelled in, in, in high school or in college, at least what you, what you pursued, mm-hmm. what is, what's happening from eighth grade into, um, freshman year that you jump into varsity? Um, I think it's playing AAU. Um, we, you know, and just working on, I, I tried, I tried to just work on my skills as much as I could. Um, we, I know, I remember the coach cause he knew my sister. I mean, he, my sister played basketball too. So the, the high school coach, uh, was my Mr. Kirk. And then, uh, you remember Ms. Karanji. She was, a, yeah. <laughs> she's a JV, the JV yeah. and the assistant. So, you know, they, uh, they, they used to come watch, uh, you know, I would be at the games, obviously my sister playing her senior year. And so, you know, was, he, to be crazy, it's like he let me keep, he, my sister never turned her jersey in. We all kept the same number, the number my dad's number, 33. And then, of oh. course, let my mom tell it, it'd be Larry Bird. My mom's a diehard Celtics fan, so. But, uh. What? We kept, uh, she's from Boston. Yeah, the defend She's, she's from Boston. <laughs> I feel it, but she, my mom's a Bostonian. She's a Patriots and a, and a Celtics fan. Oh. But, uh, he, you know, he. It, we played summer league, obviously, with the basketball. So, you know, you, you knew that, okay, this is an opportunity for me. And if, if I'm going to have this, I don't want to lose it. Not knocking anybody that played freshman ball, but it was like, you know, I got opportunity to excel. And so I, I went in and, you know, yeah, it was hard. Me, me and Ann went in as freshmen and even Ashley and it's hard because we're living up to the expectations of like these seniors and, and these upperclassmen. But I don't think it clicked really until the second half of that year. You know, we played, I might've got, cause every time I would get in a varsity, you know, gang, get a, some time in varsity, you know, you make a mistake, you get yanked right out. Um, there was a player at the time, I think her name's Katie Haven. She was a senior and we came off the Christmas break. She was a point guard. So obviously I'm trying to battle her for time and, and getting in, trying to fit in and not be scared and intimidated by some of these more excelled players. And she had got tore ACL right after the Christmas break. So she was wow. done. And I remember we were in playing Shelton. Yeah. We were playing Shelton Ham. Um, that might've been that game. I think it was the tour. We played Cheltenham and we, I think we lost that game, but like the, the turnaround from that for me was like, no, I, I got to step up. I ended up being, it was the best newcomer of the year by the Philadelphia Inquirer, but just going in and just playing. Like I wasn't out like scoring 20 some points a game, but it was just your, you know, the overall. That's awesome. <laughs> and so it, it's crazy. You know, you think just in the half a season, how things could progress, but you, you mean you, you, you support each other. You didn't my cousin Ashley, you know, was a sophomore on that team. Um, you know, uh, I think, I don't think he had uh, Miss uh, Karanji's sister, Jen Karanji, her sister came over, but it wasn't that year. Her sister came over, I think my, the next year, but it, either way, like you had everyone kind of rowdy around each other and because of, you know, the injury for, you know, one of our star players and stuff. So that, and then, you know, working with Mr. Patterson, listening to, you know, uh, Jen's father, who Miss um, Karanji's pa, uh, father, who was always on the sidelines, you know, coach, you know, you get that boost. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I, I mean, I credit my mom. You know, you you always can get better. You know what I mean? Like, don't walk around thinking you're better than anybody. There's still steps you got to work on. My mom was an avid fan who would yell at me or anybody if you weren't doing right. So you had to had to get right. You know, watching we would go watch other games, but you know, around the league. If we didn't have a game, we're going to watch this team and watch mm-hmm. these players. And you always wanted to be a step above those people, and so. It's just I'd keep the basketball and the track stuff within the basketball court in the, in the field, track field. But uh, at the end of the day, I still wanted to be a regular freshman, you know, a regular sophomore. So, you know, you still would hang out with the friends when you could and, uh-huh. you know, still be in the mix of, no, of knowing what's going on and, you know, all the, the silly stuff without getting in trouble. Of course, <laughs> I couldn't afford that. But, you know, just, just that stuff. I mean, I was a lazy student in freshman year. Like, 
I was lazy. You know, your work purposes. So I had to kick my butt in gear. That's one thing though. I was a lazy student. When you were, I think you kind of answered it, but when you tell the story of the injury and then you stepping in, it sounds like a movie plot. Yeah. And (laughs) what inevitably happens is the athlete that comes in to take the place excels, but from a personality standpoint, um, gets a big head, uh, gets an attitude, has trouble kind of coming to grips with this idea that they're now starting uh, Mm -hmm. in a position that maybe came from someone else's unfortunate. Mentally, what's that like being 15 years old? You know, I mean, it's honestly, it's crazy to think, but it wasn't something that was on my my mind like that because I think I've already, since playing at a younger age, you you know you're going to make a mistake. You, I had already been getting yelled at, you know, from the first half of the season because it's like you get in and you don't catch this pass or you miss you miss the play. And they're like, what are you doing? Mm. Like, uh, I don't, you know, you or sit down, you know. So that plus, like I said, mom, I don't think my mom was hard on us, but she knew what it took to have to rise above and, and whatever, like to, to get to that next level or to, to not settle for just mediocrity. So yeah. it, it wasn't something that was like, Oh yeah, I'm out here better. I knew that there was people out there better, so I, I would strive to try to improve myself. Yeah. And then you know, I knew my mom. Like I'd I'd go to camps. I think at the end of that freshman year, I went to a point guard college. Uh, just go to hmm. a point guard camp. Uh, somewhere local was like a, a small. Might have been in Jersey. Like I think I'm, I think it was at the college in New Jersey or something. I don't know. It was a, it was a local college and it was overnight and. You'd literally go and you study film. Like you know what I mean? Like you'd wow. go and you'd watch film and you'd take notes and then. So like you get up in the morning, you eat breakfast, you go to the little classroom, you study film, you watch college players, NBA players, you listen to the instruction, you take notes, you go down and you apply those simple things that you just reviewed. Then you go to lunch, go back to class, take notes, go down. And this literally was all day. Whereas most camps, you go and have fun. Like coming out of that freshman year and going into that camp, that really helped focus my mind. And like, all right, you know, this is, is this my team? I got to make it my team as a point guard, you're like a quarterback. So Mm. Those type things, you, you become more of a leader in that aspect. And so it didn't – I didn't really – I never really felt like I was better than the next person. If there was somebody out there doing better, we, you know, I'd work on those skill sets. I mean, I, I had good role models around me. I mean, I always credit a lot to Mr. Patterson. Yeah. I mean, I, since a young age, me and Ann came up together. And then her dad, her dad too, he would ride us. You know what I mean? Me, you know what I mean? Like, no, like Ann perfected her three-point shot and all this, but they would ride us. You know what I mean? Like, so that – and it, and Karanji was an act like still to this day, I still talk to her. Yeah. But um, just as, I mean, even though assistant, like her daughter's first, one of her daughter's first words was yes, because I used to get screamed at <laughs> so much. Like her daughter was born, I think, uh, I don't know if it was my junior or senior year, either way, her daughter's first word was yes, one of them, because she would run around. <laughs> but it's, you know, you think about the, the people you had that would be, were there to humble you. So there wasn't room for me to even try to like, Feel like I was better than because of a young age you're coming up. It's just I always had to try to strive to, to work hard. Yeah. Even on the track, even on the track, it was the same thing. Like it was, I was never state champ. You know, I got a state medal, but it was never state champ. Even though I might have been one of the the better runners on the high school on our high school team, mm. I still had people all around me that was gunning for me. And then still in the, within the state, I was never state champ. Uh, I got sixth in the state my junior year in the four, but mm. never was number one. You know what I mean? So you always had room to improve yourself. Uh, as you're now going into high school, what was tougher for you competition-wise? Was it basketball or track? Um, 
or are they so, are they even comparable? I mean, I wouldn't consider it comparable because track in a in a, in a whole pers- uh, perspective is a single. It's an individual sport. You know what I mean? Like, you, yeah, you have your relays, but you as a whole are individual in, in how you're handling stuff. So, basketball is more the the team, and so. I'm, if I'm having a, a, a sluggish day, or if my my day was off, and you know Ann or Ashley or or you know uh, you know Kathy or someone would step up to like take that take the role and say I'm gonna you know handle it or you know help you get your butt out, you know head out of your behind or however you look at it. Track is like you can have a good day, have a bad day, but you you know I mean your times spoke for themselves. That's what carried me on to get a scholarship was my times. It's like yeah. a track coach would come to you run and you're like ah eh, you didn't run that well. But consistently, my times might have been, you know, on point. So you couldn't really the, – the two, because they're individual and team sport, really, yeah. you know, they can't really compare. I mean, I could score six points in a basketball game and be off all night, but my defense helped stop a lot of other scores on the other team. Or, you know, I might have been out rebound, you know, getting rebounds or, you know, just different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, track, I mean, if you just have a bad run, if you're sick, you know, you might not be breathing right and you just, you know <laughs> – it's all on you. Everything's on you. So yeah, yeah. Um, socially, for you, as you start getting into, as you're in high school now, um, what kind of things are you doing? I guess your combination. Now, it sounds like you had like a mix, right? If I was to stereotype and and just say, you know, who do I think just hung out with? I would say she hung out with like. Uh, it's funny. I, I we coined the phrase uh, in an interview I did with Kelly the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, of the cool black kids. There's cool, there's, there's, uh, or there's the black cool kids. Mm-hmm. There's, there's Twitter and there's black Twitter. There's yeah. cool kids. And then there's the black cool kids. Yeah. Right. So I would have considered like, I would have just thrown you in the, that's why I was laughing when I said, I'm just naming black people who would have been in, in Brandon's group. <laughs> but I guess I would have considered you in, in the black cool kids, but you've already named just like, you know, you're hanging with the Italian girls and, and, Anne uh, was a huge part of your life. And, mm-hmm. um, so it sounds like you, be, you know, from athletics, maybe, um, you had a little bit of push, but even, you know, just in life, you just kind of had a very mixed group or is that right? Or, yeah, I mean, I, I look at it as a mix because I never, w- I, I just personally never wanted to be coined to one group. Like, I feel like I'm cool with you. You might not be cool with the next group, but Hey, they, they haven't done anything to me. You know what I mean? To, to, to put me in a predicament that would make me feel like I wasn't cool with them. You know what I mean? Like, uh, they might not be in the in crowd, but they're still cool. You know what I mean? Like, that's how yeah. I looked at it. You know, because yeah. like I, I say, I look at my, my social media page and it's like, even to this day, if I don't know you, I'm not at you. But <laughs> if I, you know, I mean, you think about even going back to middle school, like, you know, you think like Alicia Conti, like I played ball with her. Yeah, I think I think she played basketball like a WRA and Melissa Morgatan, like they played ball WRA. So you, you, you get to know some of them and, Mm. Like, you know, you start coming up later on, like with Heather Goodwin, you know, and, yeah. and, and some of those. And you, I, I didn't have, like, I was like, if we're in class together and we're cool, we laugh and joke, great. You might not hang out with these people, but it, it's still like, I'm, I'm cool with you. I'm cool here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Which, like, even with my own children, I'm like, you don't, you don't need to, just because this person says don't hang, you, you hang out with that person because you want to, you know what I mean? And that's. It's, it's one of those that's I guess it's kind of how, how I came up because I think like my, my 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 brother who I I was talking about Eric but me and him are similar like I call a twin but six years apart I kind of equated him not in the same way and so maybe it's because I tried to model how he was but he still was one that everybody knew everybody liked mm-hmm. you know I mean yeah, he's an athlete who he was a state champ you know he was a state runner up didn't have a big head 
Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you, you look at it as I'm, I'm, I'm cool with everybody. If you didn't do nothing to, to anything wrong to me, then there's no problem. Like there was a girl I think about, she ran track with us, uh, went to high school with us, ran track. I don't know if you remember Jody Santangelo. Yeah. So I, I always laugh because she brought this up and it's like, you don't remember the pen pal thing. But she brought up how uh, I used to call her Pippi Longstocking uh, when I was younger. But when she was on the track, because she used to have her little pigtails and she would run the distance. And she wasn't she wasn't number one out there running these distance races. But right. anyway, she's on my team. She's she's working hard. She might be scoring us points. And so she always remembers that. So like even now, if I send her a message like, "Hey, happy birthday," it's like, "Hey, thank you, Pippi Longstocking." You know, what I mean? like I didn't. I never felt like it was a need to like separate anybody. If you didn't do nothing or you weren't doing nothing out of pocket, like we were yeah. cool. You know what I mean? Like. Now, granted, I might you might not be that cool with me where I'm like, hey, we're going to kick it on the weekend, but cool in the sense of like, hey, we'll chop it up, we'll talk in class, you know. Sure, sure. You know, crack a joke or whatever, but it might, we might have not been that tight-knit where we were cool like that, like I'm going to go hang out with you somewhere, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what were you doing as far as like social? It sounds like you're pretty, uh, you're pretty heavy as far as you know practicing, practice and and learning. Really, it sounds like it, it was so much more work. I think back to like stuff you hear about Kobe Bryant when you talk about you know learning how to study film, yeah, uh, things like that. That's something I didn't going into this. I never even thought about. Um, but for you socially, are you having time to? do stuff outside of school with people? Are you, are you dating? Are you hanging with, with girls? Are you able to do other stuff outside of studying and, and practice? I mean, it was a, a, I, even to this day, like I don't, I wasn't one to go out like all the time. Like that's just kind of, even in college, like you were tracking everything was committed, but even on weekends, we weren't doing nothing. It was like a small group of us that would hang together like in college. And it, and for, I mean, me and Kristen were pretty close. Um, we would go to the mall, like, you know, I mean, it, sometimes internet or mm-hmm. um, my cousin Brooke, who was a year or two underneath. Like, you know, we, we some of us would get together. Bianca, um, actually me, Kristen and Bianca did a lot of hanging out together <laughs> in high school. Um, and then like, I'm trying to think, I mean, party, I didn't go to parties like that. I think Brandon a couple of times, we, you know, he might've had some, some things in his house or people like, or we just get together and maybe watch movies or whatever. But like, I wasn't one to be looking for that next party. And that's not saying it was like my, my sporting background or something like that. It was too much. It was just kind of, a lot of it was cause I knew sometimes my mom was going to say no. And then the, you know, we, we actually did go to the Y a lot the first couple of years of high school, Friday night at the Y. Teen night. We did, we did used to go to team night. Um, dating wise. I don't think I really had a real steady, like it was people I liked or whatever. I was always, I would always speak up for other people where I know people's business, but I never spoke up for myself to like, <laughs> I mean, I went to the semi-formal freshman year and then I didn't do any other dances till prom senior year, but it wasn't uh, like, I didn't feel the need to like have to go. Like, I could have went with friends and I had to have a date, but um, the first like real boyfriend, boyfriend I had was uh, going into senior year. I met a guy, I was working at the uh, Boys and Girls Club in Lansdale. Oh. And I met a guy, he was from uh, North Penn and we dated for a period of time, up until like for the summer, up until the start of the school year. And then, you know, really not seeing each other, you know, things happen. But, and then I think towards the end of the year, or right before I went to college, I had a somebody, but I mean, I wasn't, try, I, I think I was just, you know, a lot of times I knew my mother was going to let me go out <laughs> and do nothing, but I wasn't tripping like that. I mean, we, we went to, there was parties we went to, whatever, but like, I know there used to be like, I remember, I think it was Alea who talked about the, the parties at the, the hotel. 
Mm. Like the, I can't remember which, you know, the parties they used to be. She talked about like a New Year's Eve party that she was with Bianca, that they were just like, let's, let's roll to this party. And there was yeah, a party popping to, off and everyone the was there. Used to, there used to be parties at the Holiday Inn. Like I remember like, I, people talk about them, but I didn't really, you know what I mean? I, I wasn't like nothing against it. Just really never. Yeah. I used to hang out like Danisha Joel. Like I would go with my mom, like my mom, my mom was one of them parents. Like if I don't know they, if I don't know their mother or whatever, like you're not going, which I can understand now as a parent, you know, because <laughs> I'm protective, obviously, where my children go and who, mm-hmm. what type of environment they're around. But uh, like Danisha Joel, like we'd hang out there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, just 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 smaller things like that. But like teen night, I remember teen night sticks out a lot. Friday night at the Y. Friday, like the first first two years of high school, like we would just meet up there and my mom drop you off, my drop us off, and you get picked up. So that was cool. It's something different. You know what I mean? To get yeah. out, but. I really wasn't tripping off of dating all that much. And I think a lot of it is because, well, I was young and, you know, yeah, you, I like people, you know what I mean? You had crushes on people, but it was like you, you, I was involved in what I was doing and I was content with that. And yeah, you know what I mean? Like, and it, the part of the, 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 sh- even though most people wouldn't probably ever cons- advise or describe me as shy when it came to like that concept of trying to like, get in the dating scene or whatever. Ah, scared as hell. <laughs> like I'm talking to so not not you know if you in the mix with them fine, but like just the starting right. portions of that, like I was cool. Like you keep it simple. <laughs> yeah, that's I was very very similar in that way, and I I wonder um, if was like other stuff that you were doing was that like a, an excuse for you or an easy way out to kind of avoid dating because you were shy in that way. Possibly, I mean. The shyness was coming in effect of like me trying to like generate that whole like, hey, I like you or however that awkwardness starts off. But uh, I would send other people to do my work. I used to do it in college too. <laughs> like, hey, go tell so-and-so. Uh, you know? <laughs> like, so the actual real, what I would call like real first relationship, I call it like that because you might've, I might've been talking to somebody or whatever, but like you're real full, like your mom knows, like she's not tripping, you're going on these dates. He initiated it all to start. Mm. So it was like, it makes it easier, but. Yeah. I mean, I don't call it, I don't think that the sports blocked it because there was people like, you know, you might've been like talking to, or you might've tried to, but just the whole moving over that first hump, it was a matter of like just shyness or maybe just didn't go nowhere. So, or, you know, whatever like that, but. So no, no love and basketball story for you. (laughs) No, I seen the movie though, but I went to the movie theater. So no, I mean, once I, you know, uh, like I said, the guy I dated from North Penn, he was cool. He played ball, but um, it's a different. Like I, he started to feel himself a little bit because he had lost some weight right before we met, before we started dating, and things didn't. You know, it, it you know, you go your separate ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that's probably the only person I played ball with. The guy I went to the prom with, we was cool, but he went to school, a different school too. Okay, it's funny. I like through Wizard Hicken all them years. I never actually dated anybody the four years. Yeah, well, I didn't either. So, um, and that's, you know, I, I find that I think probably so far, most people have said they either uh, dated someone from like outside of the school or maybe mm-hmm. didn't or maybe didn't date at all. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I always looked at dating as more of a social thing. And for me, my friends didn't date. And so how was I? You know, it just wasn't a thing that my group of friends did. Did your friends date? You- um, I remember Leia had, you know, a boyfriend or two, um, over some time, I'm trying to think. 
Bianca, I, I, you know, they, I think it was more of a social communication type thing. I don't know if anybody fully dated. There might have been a couple, but we. Oh, Antoinette, no, Nettie had. She was dating Aubrey for those. All oh, right, of sure. Now you said you were a lazy student, especially in, in ninth grade. What was what was going on with you, educate or academically? I guess. I, I was lazy in elementary and school, just trying, you know, not getting the, you know, not getting the work in where you're supposed to. Like I would, I do the work. But like I'd be like I think the best way to put it in sixth grade I think what's his name Mr. Whitaker I think that was my teacher in sixth grade. I am Mr. Whitaker. Yeah. Oh, so we were in sixth grade together. Probably. <laughs> he told my mom during the conference that I would you know see my grade and see that it was low and then do whatever I need to do to get it up. So it was more of a like it, I was lazy throughout all the school except my last year and a half of college. Like my mom didn't believe when I made the dean's list like my last year. Like she got the letter. Yeah. Like I told her, and she was like, no, you didn't, because I was such a lazy student until she got the letter in the mail to say, hey, your daughter made. So my la- I, I credit my last two years of college where I actually got my GPA up for graduation. Then I mean, like I did work. Yeah, I was lazy. <laughs> I think it's like, you know, you're just like, oh, I don't do this work or there be projects or like you wait to the last minute, mm. you know, just. But it wasn't. You know, it wasn't like purposeful. I think it was just as just a lazy student, you know, <laughs> you know, but you don't want to do the work. You never had any trouble, though, uh, as far as like staying eligible or anything like that. You were never that bad. No, I, I think, well, my freshman year, I might have been close. And I think which class was it? The class we went to the who's our Mr. So started when we went to the Italian market. What was his name? Mr. Lazar. Yeah, I think that class, like I. My grade got low where they were like, hey, if you don't get this up, you ain't going to be playing. So I was like, oh, okay. But, but nothing that made me actually have to sit out completely and like sit on the bench everyone, and play it all. Everyone brings up Mr. Lazar. <laughs> <laughs> that probably was the last time where I actually didn't complete what needed to be completed, you know, where, where it could have been a square that year, freshman year with his class. Mm-hmm. Other than that, like, I didn't have no – I had uh, – what was her name? Miss Lee for math and, and uh, for – I remember me and Brandon being in Ms. Lee's class, talking, you know, being bad, and we're like, all right, we can't get bad. We can't get auntie mad. We call her auntie. <laughs> That's funny. Um, did you have anything in school that you were into outside of sports? Anything that you had a passion for or? Like different types? No, I guess. Only thing that I, that I used to do a lot was write. Like I used to write like a lot of uh, like poems or something like that. Like I had a book like the last couple of years. But um, other than that, I never put anything else like like that. I wasn't into like, I didn't do any theater or nothing like that. I think this, like I said, we're a sports family. It occupied so much that um, it never, like, if I wanted to do something else, my mom would have definitely supported it. But um, yeah, I just, I don't know, because even my, my, what is my degree in? So my degree, well, it's human development and family studies with the youth concentration. Okay. So like, if I didn't get into law enforcement, I probably would be doing like uh, some more youth work. And that's kind of what I've been branching out and doing now to kind of line some stuff up when I eventually retire. But okay. other than that, I mean, I liked a lot of music. You know, I I knew all the, they used to call me the, the jukebox in college. Just knew all the, you know, I had to have a whole variety array of music. Okay. So we talked about some music stuff and, uh, I was, you were talking about memory. You were talking about some memories that you have in music. I have a, I have a song that I attribute to you uh, all the time. Uh, this song is like your song because for some reason I heard you singing it. <laughs> and Black Cool Kids, 
I was like, this song is the song. I gotta, I, I gotta know this song. Uh, is it something for the people? Boy, oh, you wow. never find another love <laughs> as good as this. <laughs> so you I, I do recall singing that song a lot. <laughs> my love is the shh. The bomb, the bomb baby. baby. I remember singing that song a lot. <laughs> I was, so Kelly and I were talking about this the other day. And I, my favorite part is like that, that verse when he just kicks in with that voice. That, you keep calling me on the telephone. <laughs> Yeah, so that was, that is like that the early song. early 90s mixes, some early 90s mixes. 90, I think it's like 98. Mm -hmm. It's like 98, it's probably 10th grade. So you were, I have memory of you singing that in a class. <laughs> and anytime I listen to that song, I'm like, oh, that's the Jeff, that's the Jess Davis song. <laughs> that's funny. There's a lot, yeah. Music, I mean, I don't know, it's maybe because my brother did music. Or, and then like my mom, you know, my mom knows a lot of, you know, old school songs. Like I remember listening right in the car with my dad. So it's like even now, like I don't even I don't even listen to the music out now really anymore. Like I think I know certain stuff because of my children or something that might be shown on like a video you see on social media or something. But I yeah, all I do all my old school stuff like I list like I like Pandora, Drew Hill Pandora or this or you know I mean I, if I'm feeling it I'll go to like '90s pop or '80s pop or something, sure. you know whatever like Backstreet. You know my husband thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> you listen to that mess. I'm like, no, you got to be you branch out, you know. But <laughs> our era, our era, some of the best music of all time. I can't, I can't get with music now. I can't, unfortunately. Every once in a it while, it's usually crazy. comical. It's very rare yeah. that there's any music that like gets me. It's usually something I don't, I don't expect, like an Ed Sheeran song, and I go, oh, this is nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I mean, I, I don't even listen to the radio really anymore, and I can't. It's. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, everybody's, you know, each each time frame changes, but I feel like this one's a huge change. Mm -hmm. Like, cause I'm like, my, my oldest is 10. I'm just like, oh, Lord. <laughs> Even the dance moves. I'm like, all right, you you have at it. <laughs> Were you a good dancer? I don't, I mean, I don't equate it to good dance. I think I knew the, you know, some of the dance moves or whatever. Even now, like I'm looking at, since people are locked up, all the TikToks coming up. Yeah, yeah. And I just let, my daughter knows all this stuff. And I'm like, how do you know it? You're five. But yeah, uh, I, I don't know about a, a good dancer. I think I was able to, you know, I, I obviously I had rhythm. Yeah. If I could learn a dance move and be fine, but I wouldn't call myself like, oh, this or that, you know, like mm. I went out here like some of these people were like, you, we said Scott Breakdancing or Brandon used to be out there doing all this stuff. But. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I had no rhythm at all. We didn't even really have any school dances like that. You think about it. We had like the basic ones and then like home. I remember going to homecoming one year and you're like, this is whack. Like just. I, I never went to any of the high school dances. I used to go to the middle school dances. I think. Yeah. I, I school was funner. Was yeah, funner. I didn't dance. I would just hang on the wall, but I would watch. And I remember like seeing Gene and all. I remember seeing all the girls in there just like. Everyone was getting down. <laughs> That's to those normally songs. how it was. Middle yeah. school, the guys stood around on the side, and then the, yeah, standing the on the wall. <laughs> unless you were in a unless you were in a dating relationship, mm -hmm. they were like a couple, then they would dance. Right, right, <laughs> right. And then uh, high school, I don't know. I, I guess homecoming, but there weren't like other dances in in high school. I mean, you had your you winter formals, formal, the semi formal, and the proms. But uh, I only remember like one. We I feel like we lost a lot. I lost out on a lot. They didn't have a lot of dances. I don't know why. Well, I remember maybe one year going to, it might be, because I remember one year, my junior year, maybe, or senior, we went to homecoming, we were like, this is whack. It was, it was in this old, the old school gym, and like, 
You're like, okay, That's, this is back. I do remember hearing that like people went to like would go to homecoming and then leave as soon as they walked in. They would go show up and then walk out. Yeah, like it was we we I mean we had no way to get home, so we were just like, oh, we'll hang outside the gym. But that I mean, I'm trying to think any other. A couple people I remember going. I remember going to a couple people's parties. Uh, at, I remember Nicole Fortune. I remember she had like a, a Sweet Sixteen birthday party or something. I think like that. And I remember going to her party. It was like had music and then might have been one or two others. I think I remember going to a party in Norristown. Like we used to we used to meet guys from Norristown. I lived with track or whatever. And there was like a party at the Carver Center. I remember my senior year. We all we all went to. But other than that. It was really no, unless somebody had a house party, there was nothing going on. Right, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I We lost privileges to a lot, because I remember senior year, we didn't get to do a lot because of the class before us. Oh. I, I remember, like, there was, like, little things that we, I, I thought, for some reason, I feel like we couldn't go off right off campus and do, like, like the eco campus oh. for lunch because of the class before. Like, the class before us messed up so much, and we used well, to... I don't think so. Here's what I remember about going off campus for lunch. They closed the cafeteria for construction. They closed the senior cafeteria for construction because they closed that whole area down. Mm -hmm. And so while that was going on, they only had the downstairs cafeteria. So seniors were allowed to leave. Only seniors, I think, were allowed to leave during that time. Yeah. And I think it did get out of control. And kids weren't coming back, or kids were coming back. It was something because there was there was a. I, I at first I thought we weren't going to be able to do the boat cruise, the the Spirit of Philadelphia, but we ended up being able to do that oh. because of the class before something happened where they oh they came on the boat. A bunch of the seniors were drunk. And it <laughs> happens everywhere, right? I know. So, but we 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 did end up getting to do that. I remember because uh, I think it was a. <laughs> recently, I found a picture in one of my scrapbooks uh, from that from those from that trip and uh, oh, really? sent it to Anne. I think um. It might have been around her birthday or Justin's birthday. I think it was something recent. I found it and I took a picture of her and Justin sitting there because they were dating. Um, mm. It was like one of the tables on the boat and I sent it to her. She laughed. It was such a, you know, it was an old picture. From like, oh, yeah, mom. yeah. So but, you still um, talk, you still talk to, to Anne somewhat? Yeah. I, um, when I was home, at the last time I saw her, because I had planned to go see her when I came out this, this later this year, but we'll see how that goes and when I can actually make it. But, uh, when I was home, let me see, might have been the last time my kids spent the summer. So it would have been oh, 15 or I think it might have been 15 or 16, 2015, 16. I had went out and we, I had met up with her and we had our kids together. We was playing at our house in Amber and we laughed because we got the same amount of kids, you know, two boys and a girl, but yeah, um, it was cool. And I was trying to see if I could link up with her dad. He wasn't there. So I'm hoping, but we still, you know, we still communicate. Um, there's a core of people I still communicate with. Um, I try to, you know, when I'm home, a lot of times when I'm home, I just want to chill. You know what I mean? Like, but you got to see yeah. who you can see. Yeah. But uh, I saw I saw a good amount of people when um, Antoinette got married. Um, oh, a couple years ago, right? Yeah. So I was out there and saw like a good handful of people. Like people like I really don't even, you know, you don't communicate with like that, but you still, obviously, you know from growing up. So I saw him and uh, mm-hmm. her wedding. And then uh, periodically I see people, but when I'm home, you know, I mean, you try to catch up with family the best you can and, yeah, you know, or just chill. It's vacation, so I don't run around all over the place. But, well, I mean, you, social media, you see everybody anyway. Well, when you talk to Ann, I need you to tell her that I need her to do the podcast when we're unquarantined again. Oh, yeah. Because Ann is the first girl I ever loved. 
<laughs> so this podcast kind of needs her. I kind of yeah. need her. Well, we'll make sure she listens so we get her and tell her she's, she's got to do it when you, when everything's shelter. Place oh my God. Up. I didn't even think about that. She's going to listen to this one. <laughs> I just said that. I don't know if she's even listened to the podcast. So I messaged her. She might, you never know. And I mean, the thing is, might you never have, know, but she might, she might pick up on it. Most people pick up on stuff now that we're in this quarantine and lockdown. I know, but I, I usually find that it's when it's the person, it's someone that they know True. that that's what gets them listening. Uh, when you might have listened to sparks, Kelly because so. you just did one with Kelly Brooke, right? I did do one Kelly Brook. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. yeah. Kelly Brooke, so yeah. It, it depends, you know what I mean? Oh, God. Well, and, you know, <laughs> it's true. What can I say? <laughs> you might have to fight Justin, but no, I'm just <laughs> I ran into it. So Justin, I, I've actually seen Justin, like, in the last few years. I ran into him at Wawa uh, mm. a couple years ago. And uh, it was good to see him. I had never had any problems with Justin. But there's definitely, like, a twinge in me that's like... God, he got her. And I never even had a shot. I, knew, I wasn't even close. I wasn't even like trying, but yeah, it's the you know, process. you never know. You know, I right? just go, you might've never known. You might I just go, damn it, Justin, huh? God, it's <laughs> natural. I can't, <laughs> I reminisce about everything, you know? That's funny. <laughs> so for you then, when you're in school, lazy student, but you start pulling yourself up um, and, and, uh, sports is probably primary, I'm guessing, then in your head a bit. But what did you think, you know, when you're 16, 17, you're in high school, are you thinking about your future? Um, your brothers obviously, you know, had a, had a great sports career in at Seton Hall. Are you thinking that you can be an athlete in college and then figure it out from there? Is there anything that you want to do with your life as you're going through high oh, school? The, the, the future was being thought of because, like, being involved in AAU – I stopped, I stopped doing the AAU track when I was in middle school and I just started focusing on AAU basketball. So we, we, I would get letters from colleges and then I was a young one. I was a younger senior. So like at 16, I'm knowing like, Oh, there's potential for me to maybe get a scholarship. So would, you were um, at 16, you were a senior coming. Well, ending junior year. I, just, I didn't turn straight. 18. Okay. Yeah. I didn't end. I didn't turn 18 until Two weeks before I went to freshman year of college because I was the oldest baby. So, like, okay. But being like junior 16, where some are most of the 17, and you're getting letters, right. like, I was, you know, and they're calling in regards to basketball. You're at these tournaments, there's college recruiters, you know, or, or people watching, and then there's a couple of tournaments that I could do solo where it's just me and I'm on showcase, which you're playing on a team, but they're seeing your abilities solo outside of your AAU team. So, I knew that that was an option. And it was just a decision of, do I want to run track college or do I want to play basketball? So what I ended up doing, I mean, I got the, the letters and I was getting the phone calls from, you know, people for basketball. Track-wise, I said, you know, I wanted to see because I was like, I thought, started thinking about, well, if I run track in college, I was like, I probably can do a lot better. I, I'm only running a couple months out of a year. My times are decent if I ran year-round because I never run indoor. If I run year-round, how will that transfer? So, like, what I did was I'd email coaches – from like certain schools, you know, just say, Hey, this is me. It's my times in regards to track because basketball. They already knew about me. And I started getting, I, I did a couple of visits, did a couple of unofficial and unofficial visits for you, track. You, I did. You emailed ahead. colleges. So yeah, my, my coming into my senior year. How did you just, know to do that? My, well, just because we doing the background for my brother mm. um, and, and just people you talk to knowing what he did. So you just find out information. Pretty much track is a sport you got to sell yourself in. 
in some in some aspects. I mean, unless if you're not number one all across the world, you're the the, the country. You got to sell yourself, and in your times and your marks. I used to do long jump too. Are your are your bait? You're like, hey, this is what I'm running, and then they can look it up, and and then they can do the research on you. So I think I started sending out information to schools, like just different schools around um, local, like uh, I started hitting up like Ohio, like local school, like Pennsylvania, Ohio, like that area, because I ended up going to school in Ohio. And then it turns out one of the track coaches at Kent State, where I ended up going, he recognized my last name and knew that my he remember watching my brother. So he used to be a Pittsburgh. He used to run. Wait, uh, wait. Your last name is Davis. Mm-hmm. How many? Da- There's got to be a lot of Davises. Well, he put it together because of track. You know, you think about like, okay, this person's involved in the sport. My last name's Davis. She's yeah. from the Philadelphia area. He was uh, that good. Brother. Yeah. So wow, Eric. Um, like I said, he, in, indoor wise, he he was a state champ and state runner up indoor in the two or the four. Anyway, between indoor and outdoor, I don't know. I can't remember specifics, but indoor and outdoor season, junior and senior year, he was state champ and state runner-up within indoor-outdoor purpose and, and the seasons. This particular coach uh, is from Pittsburgh, um, and he was club – he remembered Eric from club track. I remembered his name. Um, and then looked at the – I think what he did is he looked at where I was where I'm from and whatever, and then started to do the research, found that I was a sister. So he started pursuing Wow. That's, so he was that's at that like, time – it's that's crazy. Like, that's like um, – that would be like a basketball coach going, Johnson, Johnson. I wonder if that's Irvin Johnson's sister. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> or, or Miller. That's like yeah. Miller, Miller. God, I wonder if that's, if that's Cheryl Miller's brother. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's – that's crazy. Like, I mean, it just speaks to how good your brother. How good yeah, your, because I mean, and the thing about it is, the high left. school we don't have a common name. High school, so you look at what's a Hicken, you're like, hmm, okay, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so he at wow. that time he was at Kent State, and so he was the associate head coach. So I went out there for a visit, um, and uh, ended up that's the school I ended up choosing. I was looking between a, looking at Akron as well. I just for track. I went on a few basketball visits. Um, one school in particular is actually, where did I go? St. Peter's, uh, it was St. Peter's College in Jersey City, but it's, it's now St. Peter's University. And it's funny because that's where my niece got a scholarship to run track. But oh. I was looking at them for basketball. And then there was a couple of schools up in Connecticut, uh, the Central Connecticut State that was looking at me for basketball. But then I think I just started to run with the track thing. And so I just started to push forward with that. Went on a, uh, I went to Villanova for a visit. Um, and then Kent, so I was debating on going staying to Villanova, and I looked at them. But then Kent State had offered me, and I was like, "Well, them they'd offered me a scholarship." But I was like, "Let me see. I still want to look at Villanova. Look at Villanova. Was thinking about going to Villanova. Then they're like, "Oh, we're not going to give you anything." I'm like, okay, well, damn. So <laughs> I mean, your decision for you. Yeah. So I ended up going to um, Kent, and then at the same time, I didn't want to be super close to home. Not, I mean, I'm very family oriented. But I was like, you know, just a change of scenery. I could hop on a train and be home if I went to Villanova, but I wanted a kind of a, a change of scenery. So yeah, went uh, to Kent. But it's funny because, like you say, that coach, he, he said, I remember your brother. And, he, you know, and so just, just from the track circuit, I mean, Eric was running AAU since middle school, so he was just well-known all those years. And I think it was just the, the proximity of the air. Like, what, these two names are the same. Yeah, that's just you know the front area, and then I think he just started doing his research, so it's pretty cool. But I really like cool. the the choosing of the school for me was Kent State had a very good family atmosphere. You know, I went on to my recruit visit. There was multiple other recruits for different sporting 
you know, different elements of tracks, throws and distance and sprinters. So we, we, it was a fun, it was like a track meet. Then we went to their banquet. Then we had, they took us out to a party. And then I, then the next day I went to the coach's house and they had everyone there for dinner. So it was like very close knit. When I went to Akron, it was kind of different. It was like, oh, hi, hi, I'm so-and-so. Like it was very, so I was like, uh, I'm going to choose Canton. I'm glad. I mean, I, I don't go against that decision. It was mm-hmm. still a great experience, but yeah, it was cool. So um, was that the, were those the only two schools? Did you, did you actually visit Villanova? Yeah, I actually went on an official visit with Villanova. It was in the spring, I remember, because it was like we were, we were doing a senior class show practices, rehearsals during that time. So it was uh, like in the spring. So it was pretty, pretty late, pretty okay. late in the decision making. Well, well, one would think for the decision making time frame, but it was like, it was before Penn Relay. So it might have been early April, I remember. But that visit was, it was not bad. But then I had to go sit in the class. I had to sit in class with my my uh, my host. All, I was like, I had to sit like a 45-minute philosophy class. And I was like, this is for the birds. <laughs> like, yeah, you still weren't go. like into. <laughs> oh, I was like, uh, I'm going to sit through this 45-minute philosophy class. Like, But I know, I mean, that was my host. So I had to hang out with the host for whatever. But that the difference was that was during the week. My other visits were on the weekend, so I think that's what it was. Like they had to get to the social life. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, uh, I I think I'm trying to think there might have been a few other track schools that hit me up, um, but I think I honed in on a couple. Like I, my official visit, because really, you can only do five official visits. You can do in, as many not. In, what do you mean? Can then. only do. So the NCAA provides you with the opportunity to do five official visits, meaning that they pay for you to come and visit the school. Oh, I can wow. do as you can do, and, and that number may have very well changed from the time when I did this. But back then it was five, and then you could do as many unofficial as you want. You can go visit as many schools as you want, talk to the people without them paying for it, but it's on your own dime. But if they're paying for it, you can only do five. And I, you know, you can't run the system and say, "Well, can I do five track and five basketball?" It was five total. You have so, to what qualify? Do you have to qualify for something like that? Do you have to be like a certain level of athlete? No, I mean, if the schools hit you up, they're interested, and they say, "Hey, you want to come visit?" And they we'll use pay that. for you. Then yeah, they use that because I think with a couple of my visits, or at least the Akron one when I went to University of Akron, it's like I had a basketball or the Kent. It's actually the Kent State one too. I had a basketball game that Friday night. And so most of the people for Kent State had came in, came in on Friday night. They came in on Saturday morning. Mm. So they put you on a plane, and I got up Saturday morning to go on a plane and flew to Ohio and spent the whole day just going crazy, like just running around doing stuff and, you know, seeing the school awesome. and then left to come home that Sunday night. So that's on their dime. They provide you with food. And so what I learned when I got to college, and I actually was a host for a potential recruit, <laughs> They they provide you you get a site you get money so that you buy them food and you do all that you know you mm-hmm. get money for their visit so that's what they do you know you have a host and they provide you whatever you you're hungry they feed you you know yeah. they take you and do stuff so that's pretty cool what uh so you you obviously you chose Kent State mm-hmm. um was it ever even close was that was that growing up I guess did you have any idea or a thought for me like temple was like my family didn't go to school didn't go to college and so um my dad did like a, a couple semesters at, or a couple years maybe at temple uh and you know he grew up as like a cosby fan and and he was the temple guy um yeah. so for me like once i saw temple temple was the only school i even wanted to to go to um was there a school for you that was like i i was looking 
I actually, middle school and some high schools, look, I, I like Stanford. Um, I had actually, oh. mom sent me to Stanford two years. For two, two years, I think I went to their basketball camp. Um, might have, was it one or two years? I can't remember. But I know I came out, I had family out here, so I'll always come out to California. Um, but I, and I initially, at one point, my mom was going to let me come out here and finish my last two years of basketball and go to Berkeley High, where a couple of my family members had already graduated from, and I had an aunt that lived in Berkeley. But she ended up, you know, we decided against it, not against it, but just decided wow. to do it. But uh, I even came out here, I actually wanted to come out here for college initially, but I came out here to do one of those uh, basketball showcases where it was just over the weekend, and it's just me, and I, I think it was at University of San Francisco. I came out, and just, you had three games. You had, each player had three games. So they put you on a team. You don't, you never play with these people, but obviously, you know how to play ball. You know how to move without the ball, make your own, sure. make yourself open, make your shots, you know, do whatever. So I came out and did that. And then um, I started getting letters from uh, UOP, University of Pacific. It's a D1 okay. school in Stockton um, out here. It's, uh, it's probably from the Bay Area, about an hour and a half, Stockton. But uh, I was actually looking at them. You know, I was wanting to come out here. Um, when the, with, but you know how you know you look at your options and how everything's set up and obviously Stanford I would have had to really been a better student you know I mean I was I, I call myself like a B student but I would have had to you know done better on my SATs and mm. done better to go out there so you know you weigh your options but I, I do remember always talking about Stanford and, yeah you know um all of that but overall I think when it came down to it my junior team year I was just looking at schools that I would have felt comfortable and would have been a good fit. And, you know, over, I don't think Kent I, I enjoyed every aspect of Kent State. I made some great relationships. So, like, I feel like I made a good decision. Yeah. Um, there was, I'd go back and do all that again. Whereas most people, you might, you know, the, sometimes you may not, you would change this for that. I don't think any portion of my college career could be changed. I enjoyed, you know, we won several conference championships in track. Um, I built some great relationships with people, you know, and um, just overall it was fun. So, I don't think I would change that, you know. I remember um, there's two things I know about Kent State, and I, one of them was when I saw you were going to Kent State on Facebook, like many, many, many years ago when we were in college. I was like, oh, well, mm-hmm. Jessica, Jessica goes to Kent State. That's the one thing I know. The other mm-hmm. thing is like they had the big. That was where the big uh, riot mm-hmm. happened at, mm-hmm. at, at, in Vietnam, right? Yeah, For, it was during uh, the May, Vietnam War. Yeah, May fourth, nineteen seventy. So coming in as a freshman, I didn't know anything when I uh, applied there and. You know, decided to go there, but my mom obviously she talked about the uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name. The musical artist that does all them songs. I can't think of his name right now, but he does the song. He all, he did a song back in the songs back in the seventies for like things going on, and his name just slips my mind right now. But he had a song Sam called Cook, Marvin Gaye. No, it's a white it's a white rock. Uh, I can't oh, think of his name. Um, Cat Stevens. No, I can't think of his name. It's gonna come to me. But he uh, he did a song. It was called Four Dead in Ohio." And uh, oh, I'll, I'll look my, it up. <laughs> my mama, <laughs> she she that's what the first thing I'm like, huh? She said, "Oh, so and so, whatever." I can't think his name. Neil Young. He, who? Neil Young. Yeah. So he did that song, and that's what she remembered. And so you know, then we learned about it. There's like the 12th floor of the library is dedicated to that. All those people and the the, the situation. I transpired during that time and orient- we had like an orientation class, you know, freshman year, you have orientation class and they, they talked about that. And then they have like memorials all over on the ground. So like people will come back every year around finals time and they long struggling hair, looking like hippies or whatever, but just to serve for that memorial. Mm. This actually is crazy. This would have been the what? 40 year anniversary? 
50 year anniversary. 50? 1970. So, yeah, they. Look 50 it year up. anniversary. Yeah. So, they, they, and it's obviously not going on because of this whole pandemic. But, um, right. Wow. It's been the 50 year anniversary for that. And I called it a riot, and that's the wrong. That's the wrong. So it was more it, like a political. A political. Yeah. I mean, there was people who from were on campus that were, you know, protesting this and that. They called it the National Guard. Mm. Uh, and then, unfortunately, four people who were actually just kind of going about their day uh, were shot by several officers of the National Guard because they were trying to whatever, you know, defuse the crowd. So that's why it's such a big thing, because those four people who were right. injured just had nothing to do the with National the, Guard, the protest. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. So that, that's an interesting, you know, piece. But uh, there's just some good people that came out of Kansas State, you know, Tone Gates. Uh, Edelman. I don't, I don't know. Antonio Gates. No. Antonio Gates. Oh, God. Uh, Foot yeah. player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Edelman. Julian I've never Edelman. known anyone to like, just drop his name like that out. <laughs> I know. Antonio Gates. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I. Well, I mean, I, let's see. I, I, mean, I knew I was actually cool with him. He was on. He played ball. He played basketball. I was actually pretty cool wow. you know, with him my freshman sophomore year. Uh, Julian Edelman, I didn't know him. He came in my last semester. Um, and then... Uh, What's his name? I don't know if you remember Josh Cribbs, but he was a running, uh, excuse me, a punt returner for the Cleveland Browns. Okay. He signed in as a as a free agent um, his um, senior year, but um, I came in together freshman year. We came in together, so he's a good dude. But those are for big big names that would know. I mean, obviously Antonio Gates, the Hall of Famer. He's he's one of the main yeah. ones. But yeah. <laughs> Did you ever see another movie that's I'm going to ask you about now? Because it's the other, the other. I've asked you about basketball. Now there's the track movie, Higher Learning. Oh yeah, <laughs> you got what's her name? Uh, Tyra Banks and Omar. Tyra Banks. There you go. It's yeah. Deja. Deja, yep. Think, think, take you back to uh, Tony Tony Tone. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, yes. Ask of you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes, that's one of my and then, favorite and then, movies. And then you put me there. You talk about Tony Tony Tone, and that's the, they Bay Area. Uh, they're Oakland. They're from Oakland. Oh really? Yeah. So I guess my my husband told me where he grew up. He knew their mom. Well, the two the two ones who uh, what's it? Uh, Rafael Sadiq. Rafael Sadiq. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it's the same. He grew up in the same you know portion of Oakland. The same uh, same town. Six. I guess it'd be in the East Oakland. I mean, they could have the, the 60s and 70s around that area, that the avenue. So. I love Raphael Sadiq. Um, I got to see him finally last year at the Roots Picnic for the first time. Mm-hmm. He performed with Quest Love backing him. Oh, wow. Uh, it was fucking incredible. Yeah, he's, he, I saw him um, a couple years ago. It was a performance. We have this spot. It's uh, like an outdoor amphitheater. And uh, there's they do That's where I saw him, yeah. So it was him, uh, Maxwell, oh. uh, Jasmine Sullivan, oh. and uh, there was one other big name artist. Indy R.A. No. Angie Stone. Think. No. <laughs> I can't every... think of who the other one was, but either way, I think Maxwell was- Carl Thomas. Oh, no. I haven't heard of Carl Thomas in a minute. <laughs> Genuine. <laughs> There's a, I can't, I don't know. I think that surprised me because that night, unfortunately, was the start of one of the major fires that they had out here. That's oh. so it was like that's why I was like that night's memorable only because of that's when that one of the one of the first big fires, one of the two big fires that occurred uh, out here in this area. But, it just um, it bums me out because it, it makes me think of like I was supposed to go to the Roots picnic this year. 
And we had like such a huge crew of friends that were going to come with us. And this wasn't even like a headlining act. It was just a little side stage thing, like the Raphael Sadiq thing I saw last year. And it was going to be Music Soul Child, mm. Brandy, and SWV. Wow. I was just like, that's all I wanted to see. That's all I wanted to see. And now that's. Well, they could, I mean, way people are being creative now. They put that stuff on social media. No, no. I was going to see it in Fairmount Park. It was going to be, it was going to be in, uh, or at the Man Music Center. Oh, wow. like in the grass. That would have been perfect. Yeah, that's like how that place that we used to have the outdoors right there. They got seating, but then they have a grass area. Yep. Mm. And then Meek Mill was going to be the headliner, but, you know. Back yeah, by the roots. That was going to be back by the roots. That'd been Meek nice. Mill, Meek Mill playing live with the roots. That's, That'd been real nice. That would have been good. So I'm still crying <laughs> over that. <laughs> um, so for you then, graduation, you pick Kent State, um, leaving the area. Emotional. I mean, what was graduation like for you and leaving Wizzahickon? And the area all I mean, together. I didn't call it emotional. I feel like to me, I looked at it as like, this is the end of this chapter. I mean, I knew that I'd be coming back to the area, obviously. But it was just something, you know, like, hey, I'm ready to pick up and move forward with the next chapter. Like, I'd come home, like, I knew my mom and my dad and people would still be in the area. So I was home. Let me see. Well, holidays, I'd come home, you know, periodically see people. Um... My freshman year, I ended up going back to Kent State. My lazy student night just kicked in, and I had to do a summer class so I could make sure I could continue my second semester. So that was yeah. my local call, but uh, <laughs> my second year. Make sure I continue my second year. But uh, I went back. I came home for just a couple of weeks and then went back for freshman, I mean, uh, summer school. Mm-hmm. I think my sophomore year, I went, I came out to Cali and worked. And was it sophomore year? No, sophomore year, I might have stayed at home. And then maybe it was a junior year, a senior year, I came out here. But for you, like, leaving, I mean, I know it's it's Ohio, but, you know, just leaving and going, you know, six to eight hours away, no big deal for you? No, I think, and a part of it was because I was always on the go um, with, with traveling with AAU basketball and track. Mm. I was always on the go. So, like, for me, it was just like, this is just a new chapter. I mean, granted, yeah, the beginning portion was hard, especially with, leaving and then, you know, two weeks into your freshman year, 9-11 occurring. Um, so I think that was probably the toughest because it was like, number one, my niece was born that morning um, wow. in, North, in North Jersey. So like, you know, getting that phone call from my mom, like, you know, kind of frantic, but not completely frantic because she couldn't get a hold of my brother. And then, you know, he lived in North Jersey and everything going on. And, you know, I'm, I'm my sister had just had my son, my, my son, my nephew four days before. So it was like, you know, you got newborn wow, nephew at home. Yeah. You know, I'm away from home. I don't know anybody out here other than, so I was grateful at that point to have the track family because like, I was like, until I could find out that my brother was good, like I kind of, you know, they canceled classes and stuff, but I just kind of waited in the track office with the family. Like I was like, I just want to make sure my family's good. So that probably was like the thing where it's like crazy, like where you're like, man, I'm away from home. Like I want people I really don't know, but at the same time, it caused you to rally around people that you're not. 100% cool with yet and build a stronger bond. But after that, nothing, you know what I mean? It was cool. Like I'd come home because I knew I'd be home for Pembrey Lays. I knew I'd be home for the holidays and stuff like that. So I tried to see some people when I could. Mm. But you know, it, to me, because I was always on the go. And even in the summer months when I was high school, I would come out to Cali sometimes. So like it was, it was, it was just the start of a new chapter. It wasn't like I was like emotional more so than 
I'm ready to start this new chapter and, you know, see what's, see what's on the agenda. Yeah. For. So we're talking one <laughs> The WNBA had like just started up when we were in high school. Yeah. Like late 90s. 97, 98. Um, so for you was at any point, um, basketball was your, was your true love was at any point, And this is what NBA players do. And I'm going to assume that, you know, the M- the WNBA pick wasn't like this, the talent probably in the first year wasn't incredible. Never is for a starting league. Um, was there any part of you while you're going through college or you just get to college and this WNBA is just starting where you think maybe I could, you don't, you know, running is not a year is not a, is not a league, right? Running is a world championships, Olympics, uh, Certain, yeah, I mean, there's certain meets. regional meets, yeah. but once you become, you know, an adult, more or less, you're, you're training for one big thing. Was there any part of you that, that said maybe the WNBA could be a thing? Not necessarily WNBA, but I did my sophomore year. I did, um, sophomore year, junior year, I think it was sophomore year. I don't remember one of those years, sophomore or junior year might've been junior year. Actually, I'm sorry. My junior year, I did try to go and be a walk-on for the Kent State team. Oh. And I, I actually did uh, go and communicate with the, the, the staff. Yeah, it was my junior year, actually. I went and communicate with the basketball staff or whatever and did the tri- – it was crazy because, like, they had they wanted you to come and, and do, like, a tryout as a walk-on. And then they knew me. They knew I was already a student there. and knew I was a track on the track team. Um, and it was interesting because, like, it was me and one other girl. And they had me demonstrating. They are like, hey, can you demonstrate this drill for this – I was like, sure, because they would say, we want you to do blah, blah, blah. But the I had demonstrated. Yeah, so I was like, okay. So I remember doing that. And then they're like, well, you know, like, after, you know, you get an email, like, we're deciding not to take any walk-ons this year. And then I got talked to some of the girls, and they're like, oh, there was a girl who was a walk-on, who essentially was my freshman year, that just completely, like, was hard, like, not horrible as a player, but just kind of made them have a distastement for walk-ons so they were like that's why they weren't going to bring anybody on and then i think my track coach also said something to them <laughs> so didn't i just wanna, left. didn't want to lose you yeah so i was like all right you know it is what it is but i just left because i actually had to demonstrate i was like so you want we didn't want you to do wow. just such and such drill can you demonstrate i was like you got me out of demonstrating just put me on the team but it was like whatever <laughs> wow so, i mean it did like i say it crossed my mind even my brother was like you sure you want to run back in college but i mean i like i said i ended up having a, a decent college career um but it, i mean it did cross my mind i wouldn't say like WNBA because even still to this day in my standpoint WNBA players don't receive the same notoriety and uh sure i wouldn't call it respect but in the sense it is respect that the nba players receive and a lot of it's because unfortunately it's a woman's sport <laughs> do they do many people do watch it but we didn't know that in 2001 2002 yeah. you know what i mean like it was it was a brand new thing and so you know like tiger woods playing golf who knows the effect that it'll have on an entire population 15 20 years down the road yeah. you know as the wa is taken off you know who knows what now you know players now that were watching the WNBA when we were that age Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just curious in that sense if, if like things, I don't know, I guess this is probably part of my problem in life. I look back too much. I wonder what if, mm-hmm. and in my head I, I would, I guess I'm just going like, man, like I love basketball. And I think of like Allen Iverson, right? Like Iverson was a basketball and a football guy. And yeah. he always says if he could have 
gone back and done football, he would have, but his basketball coach wouldn't let him, um, wouldn't let him play at Georgetown. And yeah. so I always just wonder, like, you know, WNBA is coming in. And it's like, fuck, I would have loved to push for that. Or, you know, I don't know if coming out of high school is a thing in the WNBA, but like going overseas and playing over there and then coming back and going pro, was any of that from basketball? Did you ever want to just – at least finish up co- finish up college with track, but then pursue basketball down the road. Was that ever a thing that you thought you could do? Um, no, I mean, I think I mean I, I always had a passion for basketball, but I never, I don't think I've ever thought of it like that. I think I just once I made the decision to pursue track, I was like, all right, you know. And then I think one the play on the team was just like, I mean, I could probably do this, and it just you know it wasn't in the cards at the time, but it wasn't once I finished. I feel like then I started to think about like the stuff I do now is giving back in regards to like the coaching and the stuff that I try to do now. Yeah. But it wasn't like something that the what if factor only what if is like, Hey, what if I play college basketball? But it wasn't like the, could I have gone to the, to the next level you sure, know what I mean? sure. like that way? But I don't, like I said, I don't have regrets it more so of like, if, if the roles reverse, would I wonder if my college experience would have been um, the same in regards to, the individuals that I cross paths with from the, te- the, the team, my atmosphere and all that stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, what came first for you, meeting your husband or being intrigued by police duty? Oh, so we met through work. I want to say okay. that he was in the same department. So like, but I, I moved out here with the intention of working in juvenile hall. Mindset. Was this after? Was this after college? Yeah. So what I did well, obviously semester, after college, but <laughs> yeah, the semester before I graduated. So I was it June, June or June, the summer of '05. Yeah, the summer of '05, I came out here um, and essentially established residency. I plan to apply to be a group uh-huh. counselor in juvenile hall. So uh, I opened up a bank account. I changed my license over. Went back and finished my last semester. And, oh. uh, then I graduated in December '05. And then moved out here, moved like officially, like up and back. And Wait, so you finished out. early? No. Oh, you one I, semester after? One extra semester. Okay, yeah. okay. So I went back and then I was just a regular student for just a semester. Um, and moved out to Cali January 06. Um, I had missed, when I went back to my last semester, I missed like the written test, the application test for the group counselor in juvenile hall out here in uh, the Bay Area. So I, like, I contacted them and the lady's like, oh, we'll have another one. Don't worry, we'll put you back in the pot. And so when I came out here, my uncle, who's a law, he was a lawyer for the county that I work in, but now he has his own practice and was like telling me like, hey, you know, their sheriff's office is hired. You should be a cop. I was like, you know, damn cop. Like what? <laughs> but I was like, my mindset was just apply, you know, I don't, you know, so I can get it going. I was working two jobs at the time. So, all right, whatever. So applied, took that test, passed that one and just missed the group counselor for juvenile hall test passing by like point three, like three points. Mm. But I still had that one. So I took their written test. I was like, okay, I passed that written test. And I moved forward and did the physical. Obviously, it wasn't an issue. Um, then I went on to the oral boards. My uncle introduced me to some, like, uh, other cops that he had knew through working the courts, like deputies. And was like, hey, they'll, like, you sit down with them. They'll help you so get more oral. Moved on. And what's us see. I took that test in March of 16 or 06. I was in the academy in October 06. Wow. So it moved quickly. They were doing a lot of hiring. And so initially it was fine. I was in the academy. 
Um, and then in the early December, I messed up on like something, one of their driving things. Like I tapped a cone on one of my, like you failed something and you have to remediate it. So I didn't pass our mediation. I was like, whatever. And so I'm like, all right, I'm done, you know. And they offered you a job, which was like a step lower of what you, of a deputy, like a technician. So it's like you, you're still an employee. So I took that and I did that job for a couple months and then was asked to go back to the academy, went back in three months later and then finished that academy and our academies are six months. So from March of 07. You have to start to, over? Yeah. So I started back over in March 07, graduated September 07. And then, hmm. so I met my, my two boys have a different father. So they, you know, I had those two boys in this time span. I met my husband 2000. We met like in 2011, okay. 2010, 11, but we didn't, we started working at the same duty station in 12. Okay. And then we've been together since then. And then he retired. He did 20. He's older. So he's 25 years. <laughs> so he retired so early. Not early, but, you know, before most people would retire. Yeah. And so we, yeah, so we met within the scope of work. But it's kind of a family thing. Like, his, I, I was his, my stepson. He was in the academy last year. I was his training officer. So <laughs> Wow. He's a deputy now. So it's funny. So That's it's, cool. So you're a training officer. Yeah, so I work, I did like, at the jail, you do the jail a couple of years and you go to the court if you don't put in a transfer anywhere and you do a couple of years of the courts and you come back. And then I went out to patrol um, and did a couple of years out on patrol, was uh, in the community policing aspect. I did regular patrol and then community policing, um, helped make some waves there, started a backpack drive that I try to do every year. Um, there actually is a mural of me on one of their new inside of one of the buildings they made a gym really yeah it's like a picture but then it's a picture from a a soccer thing we were doing community placing it with kids and they painted this picture onto a wall so i go and i was like oh that's me i had no idea like i went to help out an event i was like oh that's me so it's pretty cool do you have a picture of it yeah i can send it to you yeah please do. i have it i have it uh because i went to work like help out at a boxing event and i was like oh that's me on the wall <laughs> oh yeah that'd be awesome please send it to me i will um and then um, I went because I really wanted to work at the academy. So I was like, I want to teach these kids and I get to work out. And I, you know, I'm like, I wear the smoke the bear hat and, you know, you get to yell and, you know, <laughs> well, this suits me. So <laughs> I uh, position had opened up because someone was uh, getting promoted. And that time at the time, that captain there, he used to be one of my supervisors. He hit me up and was like, you want to come here? He's like, I can pop out for you. And I'm like, yeah, definitely. So it actually was pretty cool. I got called over there. So I've been there two years now and I'm, kind of made history there being the first black female to uh, be a training officer. So that's cool. And, but I love it. You know, it's like, I mean, I call like the, the recruits are adults, you know, these are men and women, but it's like to know that that nerves and just stress can continually make someone so out of whack. They can't even say their name. Like we, it's very, <laughs> it's kind of like a paramilitary environment that we do it in. It's not straight like boot camp, but it's similar. So it's funny, you know what I mean? So, you know, it's like I call them, I call the recruits kind of like Bambi. You know, they can't even stand up straight or find their way. Oh, yeah. But six months later, you know, you're a little bit more in tune. But at the end of the day, like, we're training them to be in this world right now that is not too friendly to police. Uh, you know, your, your life depends on it if you're not willing to fight back. So we'd rather weed out the weak. Uh, mm. so, but I, I did learn with the last academy, I've done about six or seven now that, Apparently they are most more fearful of me than my male counterparts. 
And I was like, oh. even at graduation, I was like, they told me they're like, man, we, yeah, we, we're still nervous around you. I'm like, why? They're like, I'm like, I'm nice. They're like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure you are. So, <laughs> did you ever have that feeling before? Did you ever have that feeling of power like that? <laughs> no, I mean, because it's like, even when you come in, like work in the jail or, I, I, you you got to earn it. I mean, I'm, a, I'm, you know, I'm smaller in stature, just naturally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. I'm, I'm, you know, you gain your strength and whatever, but it's like, you know, they look at you as a female. Like I tell the female recruits, like we're looked down upon, not because it's just how society is. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, even when you're scared, you still gotta, you still gotta rep, you still gotta handle your business. And, you know, you go into a pod with like a living area of minimum security inmates and there's freaking close to 200 and I'm walking around. It was like, you, yeah, you might be a little nervous or whatever, so but you, you got to handle your business. So yeah. I think that grows in time. And a lot of that I think is attributed to just coming up to and how I came up. You got to, like I said, I wasn't going to let nobody pump me. I was skinny, you know, the glasses. So you just, and so it, it's cool though. I like it. I mean, I enjoy what I'm doing now because I'm off the street or whatever. I still got to go work the jail. Um, you know, and if, if I, I if people, if I go back to patrol, I could, but I, I feel like I'm content with what I'm doing right now. I'm probably the next step may be to promote, attempt to promote out of this position, but I, I love what I'm doing. I get paid to work out and yell at people. So. That's awesome. <laughs> but it's, That's it's awesome. cool. So. Do you ever, do you ever watch the wire? <laughs> you know what? No. And I feel like I'm ashamed because I've, people talk about it and I said, I'm going to start watching it because I mean, even though it's old, obviously, but still. <laughs> You gotta watch it. So I'm starting a podcast with a buddy of mine uh, where we're talking about the wire, but you'll have to start watching it just because my only uh, my only reference, to like a female police officer, is in the wire, mm. where they've got it's, she's like a huge character in the show, Kima Greggs, uh, and so I'm ex- I, I was interested in in your opinion of it, uh, or if you you know. No, I need to start watching it. I'm going to start because like, even my husband's like, how you pretty much he's like, how you black and I watched The Wire? And I, like, <laughs> I think at the time when that show came out, I just wasn't, I guess I just wasn't in the mindset of like watching. I, I just wasn't, wasn't aware. I think because it came out when we were still kind of in college. Just yeah. Yeah. So I honestly, I didn't watch much TV. Like a lot of those times, you know, you go to the movie, you find about movies, but I really didn't watch much TV. So I never got on it. So yeah. Um, so you had kids before that. I skipped the kids then. Uh, how old were you when you had kids? So my, I think, I guess 27, my oldest is 10. Okay. So 26. Okay. So my oldest is 10, uh, 26, 28. And then, um, there, my, my daughter is five. And so she, so she had her right after, obviously coming in the thirties, but I'm good. We have a blended families. We have seven. Wow. So obviously your husband we, came with five or did you have four? So he came with four. I came with two. And then our baby is the baby girls ours together. So it's uh, awesome. The blended seven, but you know, that in the, in the house alone, like I see, we, he's got his oldest is a, she graduated a master's degree from USC. She's our undergrad from UOP in a stock group. She's a master's in social work. And so she's got, she's a, you know, therapist, social work therapist. She had her own thing. She's got, you know, a company she works with in Oakland. And then my stepson played football at uh, Indiana State, went to uh, junior college and went to Indiana State. And he just graduated, obviously, the academy a year ago. And then he's got a sophomore at Tuskegee. Wow. uh, Alabama. And then he's got a soon-to-be high school sophomore. And then the three little ones here at the house. 
Wow. Oh. See, you are busy, Jess. Yeah. <laughs> life, is, life is crazy, but that's why I say I, I love my position and I'm in work purposes. If I was on patrol, there's, you know, when I was on patrol, like that's why he held the fort down when I went through the training program at patrol and all that, you know, because it's a stressful thing. But all in all, like being in the position I'm in, you can't beat it. I'm technically on like a 410 schedule, but I, I mean, I, I could work a 510, depending on what we have like going mm-hmm. on with the academy schedule. There's only like, for my department, there's only three of us. And then there's two okay. outside agencies. So it's a small knit group, but I get, technically I'm off Saturday, Sunday, Monday in most scope, but I got mandatory overtime I have to do and all that. But, but I mean, my kids are in sports. I mean, my son plays football. Yeah. Um, I was excited because this year, all three of them were going to be track and I was coaching like CYO and it was so exciting. And then like, psh- but yeah, we're we're busy. I mean, but my, my husband holds the fort down and because I'm out here scrambling and I you know, on the weekends I try to do as much as my kids. I don't know if you heard my daughter during our whole conversation. She kept coming and demanding that I do stuff. That's my mini me. Um, <laughs> and then my, my older son's kind of another mini me, just I'm a hyper and athletic and my middle boy is my he's like me shy but also the the aggressive one like he has a little aggressive streak too <laughs> okay. but you know they're, they're, it's it's funny when they say you're gonna have kids that are just like you and i or you're gonna have a daughter just like you and why god my mom said that is exactly me my mom my sister every time they spend like long period of time with her they're like that is you yeah so. what's uh you know i i uh for me like in the bay area for like police I only know, again, everything in my life is pretty much referenced by movies and TV shows. So, mm-hmm. you know, Fruitvale Station is yeah. one of my favorite movies. Um, I don't know, for you just, and you mentioned just the the temperament that's towards police officers over the last, mm-hmm. you know, while you were going through this whole, through this whole uh, career move, really. Um, can you just talk about the climate? Um that's been going on, I guess, prior to coronavirus and everything, because now things are drastically even more different. Um, But just, you know, over the last, you know, five, 10 years, what it's been like just being a police officer in this, in this society, modern day, what, what that's been like. So out here, it's, it's interesting. And the climate out here has been, has been heavy since the sixties. If you think about uh, the Black Panther party with uh, Oakland and uh, Huey P. Newton and and all of those guys, um, but for me, just being in law enforcement out here, um, it's not bad. I said the sheriff's office in the sense is not bad. Um, my department, Alameda County Sheriff's Office, which covers essentially Oakland and the, the, the some of the surrounding cities, it they know not to mess with the sheriff's office due to the Berkeley mm-hmm. protests and the, and the reputation they had. So you speak about Fruitvale Station. I, I actually was working when that event, when the, the shooting for Oscar Grant occurred. I was actually at the jail when the, the protests happened for the initial shooting and being at the jail when people were coming in into custody and for the, you know, obviously failure to disperse. And, um, and then even when the verdict came in, uh, being, uh, working and having to be on a call out team for potential protests with the, the, the unhappy mm. and the rest for the verdict. So, I mean, it, it, it kind of goes in waves. Um, you, granted, you're, we're not always going to be liked. What I've learned is, such as how you treat people, you know, I mean, I've dealt with a wide, wide array of people, but it's like, hey, I've, I've, been, I've been on the front line of, of several protests at the courthouse and in Berkeley with, the, you know, some of the, 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 the freedom, the free speechers that caused the, the, the riots and stuff like that. But uh, 
I mean, even even it's not necessarily it's hard. What's hard to deal with is one being a minority and being in this profession and being perceived as, oh, you're on the side of the of this. Like for the people who are looking in, uh, and not understanding what the parameters are, we have to do as well as in the profession. You have people with their mindsets that may not have a filter because they feel like you wear a badge and you wear a gun just like us, so you should feel that way. What's right is right and wrong and wrong. You know, kind of the battle with with that. And so a lot of times it's hard. I mean, like my husband has his mindset. He's old school and he's like, you should tell these people da 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 or you should, you know, with the politics, it goes on and then even the profession. And it's hard, you know, sometimes it's hard to hold your tongue. Um, there's several times you got to step away from your coworkers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Step away from their mentality because it's like, is this a battle I want to fight? Is this is it necessary for me right now to get in this onward battle with this person or even this supervisor who may be wrong? Um, it's, so in some aspects, it's hard, especially now. With, if you look at some of the individuals with wherever your political views lie, uh, the, the climate with our president, current president, and how people uh, feel. And then all the scope of things going around with the crime. It, it's hard. I mean, I've lasted almost 15. I'm, at, I'm climbing on year 14. What I do like now is that um, my duty station, the partners that I work with are good. Uh, they're good. You know, they don't, we don't bring politics in. You know, we, do, we have a good time. And, you know, we may speak about, oh, did you see such and such? And that's it. No one gets in a battle or, you know, whatever, you know. It, it, you know, that scope of thing, which is nice. Yeah. The larger duty station you get more opinions and more mindsets. And it's interesting to say, you see some people's true colors and say, okay, I'm, it's clear that you're someone I can just work with uh, outside of work. Not, but you know, so it's, it's things like that. So it's, it's, it's a battle. It's interesting. You said, you know, as a minority, because that's, I think of like, it's a movie character. I just watched queen and slim. Um, I had to see that still. And there's, you know, in there, there's a, there's a black cop in there and um, just other movies that you see or other TV shows. It's, it's always uh South uh, uh, snowfall is one of my favorite ones. Uh, TV shows. That's on. Oh know, yeah. On, uh, yeah. And that's guy. And that's basically about the black community and uh, the drug dealer living next door to the black cop, but all the other mm-hmm. cops are white. And so there's this almost, expected um leniency from the black cop that mm-hmm. come on brother like that's what you always you know and so yeah it was interesting hearing that from your perspective um how difficult it is or or just you know hard <laughs> yeah it's and, and, and that and then being a female you know you're looked at as you know if if, if you don't doll yourself up then how are you perceived you know like i you know i mean it's it's or you're too weak or this or it's not woman's work like i had a family member tell me when i went into this that oh i don't i don't know if i agree with that it's not woman's work well what is woman's work i mean mm-hmm. it's still you can still be a woman in this profession and still live your life how you know how it should be i can still be a mother and so all that so you know it, you it's a matter of just as long as you're, for me, as long as I'm confident in myself and I can handle my business, still, as, still do as I am and be able to draw the fine lines and know what's right, yeah. right, and wrong is wrong and cover what's in the law and, and what's under the scope of my policy and procedures, I'm fine. And yeah. like I said, it's carried me to close to 15 years. So <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, is it hard now having a, such a large family and not being anywhere near yours? 
Oh, no, because my mom, I get to see, I see my family at least at minimum once a year. But I try to. Do you guys swap? If you don't get there, do they come to you? She tries. So, like, I saw my mom, My I have a cousin that got married last January. So, I saw my mom, and initially I had planned to fly out for Christmas. But I was like, oh, my nephew's graduating, so... And I plan to come out, you know, later on. And well, there we are. So if he could have done it again, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, so we we decided to do a different family trip, and it's tripping. It's fine. Like I, um, I, you know, regardless, I FaceTime and stuff with my mom and them all the time. Uh, but we, um, if I don't, you know, whenever this thing calms down, we'll we'll go out there. You know, I mean, and, yeah. but my like I try to get once a, a minimum once a year, or I'll That's try to my mom come out. Um, so it, you know, it works out. I mean, I have, my mom has her sisters out here too. So, you know, she, there's, there's the family out here. But so is your, to, is your family, like your immediate family, the only ones that are, that are there and everyone's out, um, there, out where you are? I got a, well, yeah, I got a brother. My oldest brother moved down to LA a few years back. Wow. And then my, my brother Eric's in Jersey and then my sister, my mom and my nephew there. I had an aunt who passed away a couple of years ago who was uh, mm. still back East. Okay. And then. There's a distant uncle who um, I think my mom has contact. I'm pretty sure my mom has contact with that's up in Boston. But yeah, it's just uh, a nice split. Yeah, I mean the family has been out here. They're the younger siblings. And they came out with my grandma back in the, the early '70s, so they've been out here since. My mom ended up still. My mom and my other aunt were the older ones who stayed back uh, back east. Okay. Do you? Um, I mean, you mentioned a little bit, but you keep in touch and was it Hicken sense? I mean, Facebook is obviously a thing, but do you keep in, in touch with was world in any way? Um, a little, uh, I mean, I obviously, I still follow like the basketball cause you know, coach Wilson, Kyle Wilson, you know, yeah. friend of his on Facebook, seeing how they're doing. Um, I mean, you see sporadic, just things, obviously knowing that the, the kid that was in the Super Bowl, you know, he was with Sacred Grad. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was cool. Becker. Um, the only thing that I disapprove of was it and related uh, is, is the, how they're doing the Hall of Fame. I've always, I've still tried to get my brother in the Hall of Fame. I feel like. Oh, I thought you meant because of me. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I feel like he would be a good candidate and I've actually put in, I just don't know why. And, that, and even when I tried to push for him, I've had so many people say, why, is, why is, hasn't he been inducted in there before? Hey, I don't know. That's probably the only thing I, I'm like, there's people who, Everybody has their reason as to why they believe, but I'm like, there's people here that uh, my brother's done a lot more than. So that's the only thing where I'm like, how? Who makes these decisions? Because I put in, I put in documents years ago, and then I was like, now I got to go back through and contact all these people again and do that. I was curious. I was curious. I was. I mean, I joke about myself, but you know, you you always wonder, would I ever do anything to to being in a school hall of fame. But then I was looking, it's like, wow, this person just graduated. Like, yeah, no offense to whoever it was, but like just graduated in 2012. And I'm like, they're already in the hall of fame. Yeah. I think like, there's gotta be people like, they make it, you know, you read the criteria and they make it say, oh, it should be this or that. And I think about all the work that my brother's done on, on TV shows and, there's some of the ancillary stuff he's done and all that on top of what his accomplishments were in the school. So I'm like, okay, well, what more does someone have to do? <laughs> but I say, you know, uh, other than that, let's push really- this. Let's let's, let's be the, let's, this will be our fight. Jess. we're going to do this. I'm going to have to, cause I'm, I'm going like, to make a banner or something. We, we're almost at 20. And so that means that he's close to 30. Eric, it's Eric. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're going to get Eric. We're going to get Eric Davis into the, into the hall of fame. We're going to push for, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, overall, I don't, 
I guess it's whatever they post or whatever's going on. You know, you see what people are doing. Yeah. I mean, period. I mean, I've gone back. Last time I was home, I took my husband back and we went to the middle school and oh really? High school I haven't been in there in so long. Coach. I went and saw see if my some of my middle school track records were have they been broken yet or still up there, but <laughs> I just little stuff laughing. But uh, had they? Uh, I think a couple of them were still up there. I think one of uh, I think Danita Brown's daughter just broke my one of my uh, one of my I think my four hundred record. I think because she she made her daughter call me, so she said you need to pay homage. To, to to her or whatever. So she made her daughter call me and something. Like, that was Danita? Like, Danita's yeah. daughter? Yeah, I said, records are made to be broken. It's all good. I said, I was up almost 20 years, so... <laughs> Or it might have been cool. 20 years. Yeah. Actually, I think you gotta been. I think you gotta go in the Hall of Fame. Shoot, I, I don't know how they look at it. They got my brother ain't in there first. I gotta get him in there. <laughs> Alright, we're making the push. This is this is the new <laughs> this is my new quarantine goal. Get, get someone, yeah. to, someone we'll in your family. Start working on the 2021, uh, 20, yeah, 2021 uh, Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame class. All right, we're going to do it. Um, wait, I got to find – I got to get my book. So this is the thing that sucks about this. Copy your book. Since there's no more – Face to face, I can't get anyone to sign my yearbook anymore. I didn't sign yours. I don't, think to make so. I don't know. I don't. So that's the thing. It's like I have a lot of different, um, and I guess no one's really. I've never really shown anyone this, but I'll. But this is what we'll do when I make it back out. I'll come and sign it when I make it. Whenever this pandemic's over and I can fly home, I'll come sign. It. Yes, <laughs> I think I, I feel like I have to have like a come sign my book party now when yeah. this is all when this is all up. But you know, you're in here. I see, yeah, that picture. Is it? I feel like it's exactly the same. <laughs> it is you. You've looked. Your face looks the same. exactly the same. What? I feel. I, feel, I saw that at a family member's house not too long ago, and I was like, that's the same. It's the same face. I should send you my. I'll send you that mural picture, and I'll send you my uh, my academy photo, and then the photo of me as a training officer. So you can see those. You're gonna be like, wow. That'd be awesome. Can I, <laughs> can I post them with the, sh when I do stuff like on Instagram sure. or whatever? Sure. Oh, that'd be awesome. Awesome. Um, this has been fun. I know. <laughs> Good memory lane. Take I know this is like, what a great way to spend my Sunday, my Sunday afternoon, you know? Yeah. Other than just sitting here, I've been bin listening to my own voice doing the podcast <laughs> and binge watching The Sopranos. So well, I'm about to start. I've actually been inspired by you and a, and a college friend of mine. I'm going to start. I just ordered the last piece of equipment for starting up my podcast. I'm going to start yes. one. Call it the uh, what is it? The juggle is real is what I'm going with right now. And that's I'm just my goal is just to kind of I've written up about six, seven episodes right now and just kind of talking about uh just the juggle, juggling, just being a professional person. Not necessarily just harping on a woman, but just being a professional person who's out in the, working and, and dealing, trying to juggle your family life and being uh, married and your children and uh, being with friends and family, just just everything and what goes on and perceptions of society and through my work or through working just in general. So. And what's it called? The, I'm looking at right now, the juggle is real. The juggle is real. How long are you looking? How long out? How far out? You're going to be... I'm Thinking, well, I just ordered my last piece of equipment, so get get going. I'm thinking, I'm thinking midsummer is when I'm trying to push out. So I mean, awesome. I, I got audio me. or video. Yeah. Audio, I don't, you know. And the thing about it is, I I may try to do video too. We'll see. You know, I'm doing all the research and stuff now, but in regards to if I if I want to do audio, video, both. But the, everything that I've gotten 
right now is just to plan for audio. So, you know, start my, there and maybe even branch out. Cause I want to have like guests. So I've gotten a double microphone and all that. So I'm my advice is don't, yeah, don't, uh, don't put yourself in a hole. So if you got the audio and you're ready to go, don't let video stop. You just do audio yeah. and, and keep rolling with it. And people will, will adapt as you do more. That's awesome. Yeah. So I've, 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 I've done, I've got I've type anything that comes to my mind. I'm like, Oh, that'd be a good topic and just branch off. And, and I just try to, I'm trying to make like a signature type thing now where I'm ending with kind of, I call it like an ending sprinkle. So you're ending with some type of motivation, something to end out, something, you know, yeah. So, so that's, that's my goal is at least, at least by my birthday, whether it be launched be on my birthday. So I'm looking to August okay. time frame to get things going. So like I said, I just ordered my essential, you know, I mean, the, the, all the equipment should be here uh, early, the end of this month or beginning of May, and then I can get things started moving. So That's awesome. If I can be of any help, you know, for, you know, from a technical editing standpoint, whatever, if you need any advice or any questions on whatever, feel free to reach out. Will do, because I'll need, you know, my brother is my only other technical person. He's back in Jersey, so it's like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I would love to help any, any way I can. And when this comes out, I'll check with you. This will probably be the end of May, if I am if I got it right. Uh, okay. So as it's getting closer, I'll check with you on, like, the title and, and how far out you're looking so I can uh, give an Motive. update on it. Appreciate it. That's good. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, Jess, it's been great talking to you. You too, man. So you take care and enjoy your, your quarantine. Thank I you. wish I could, but I, I've got to go back to work Monday. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> there's people like you out there. Yeah, and, and I, I can't complain because there's people, unfortunately, that are losing their jobs and on furlough and such. So as much as it's chaotic and stressful, my life is right now, uh, I'm fortunate to have a job. So <laughs> Facts. <laughs> All right, stay in touch, Jess. For sure, for sure. You take care of yourself. Awesome. Send me those pictures. I will do. I'm going to send them right now for you. All right. Stay safe. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. That was Jessica Ignant, a.k.a. Jess Davis. It was interesting to hear about the high school life of a prominent athlete. We've talked about sports and school life balance, but nobody that worked at it, I don't think, as hard at it as Jess did thus far. It's cool to do these online and not exactly sure how the vibe's going to go. And then you're talking to someone and you can see them smiling and laughing. You, you do. You feel like kids again. And, and the fact that that Jess was having such a great time uh, helped loosen me up and helped me have a good time. And you can see all that over on the video at YouTube.com slash RedShirtPlayer. Jess has also begun writing and reading her poetry for a series that she calls Black and Blue. You can check that out on her Instagram at J underscore Iggy, I-G-G-I-E, 1899. So that's J underscore Iggy, 1899 on Instagram. And when her podcast is ready, I will definitely pass that news along so everyone can check it out. You can subscribe to this podcast everywhere you get podcasts. You can also find this pod on Facebook at WWFNHS and on Instagram at We Weren't Friends in High School. In two weeks, my guest will be Leslie McNitt, a.k.a. Leslie Weber. This is a conversation that I've been excited to have probably since I started the podcast. I've seen Leslie for a while on social media, and I knew she was living in Washington, D.C. and involved in the world of politics and me being a political nerd. I've always kind of wanted to pick her brain and just talk about government and the lifestyle down there. It's something that I don't know, about 10 years ago, I really wanted to get into. So we'll talk about that. 
as well as Leslie's high school world, moving here from Chicago, her awkward phase, the girl she hung out with, and some really smart questions that Leslie threw out my way. Definitely some stuff that I didn't think we'd get into, but Leslie loves the show and was definitely ready to have a substantial conversation with me. And I think I even admit to standing for Leslie in this episode, which I don't think is something that I've ever said about a guest before, but I had a blast with Leslie. So I hope you guys come back to check that out in two weeks on a Monday morning. Okay, that is it for me. And just one last thing, uh, someone had asked if they could nominate someone to be on the show. I'm 100% open to any guest suggestions that you have, publicly, privately, however you want to throw it out there. I am at Redshirt Playa everywhere. I don't think that's a secret. You can shoot me a line. You can do it on the Facebook, on the Instagram. That's why I give you guys the social media. Feel free to get involved anyway. As you heard in this interview, I'm definitely trying to get Ann Patterson to do the show. So maybe you guys can help me out and put some pressure on. All right. I will see everyone in two weeks on a Monday morning with my guest, Leslie McNitt, a.k.a. Leslie Weber. All right. I'll see you guys then. Peace.